is a throwback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We NHL 99. Old N64 and PlayStation game. NHL Breakaway 99, actually. It's not NHL 99. I used to have that. I The second I heard that, that theme song, I just got transported back to, uh, <laughs> like... 1999. 1999. Yeah. Yeah, I got good old Steve Iserman on the cover. And, uh... Hey, what's up, Freddy? How you doing, man? All right. So, welcome to Sports Goof 77. I'm currently joined by Andrew. I think Charles will be coming in at some point later in the show, but I'm joined by Andrew, who, of course, is going to be extremely happy in this episode because the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup champions. And that's why we have a pretty hockey-filled episode today. I have a lot of treats for you, Andrew. Uh, NHL Breakaway 99, Steve Eisenman on the cover. Uh, sure, tons of Lightning fans are thanking him for starting this entire process years ago now. And he's with the Red Wings, of course, now. But it's the culmination of a dream, right? Yeah, he. we, we are not Stanley Cup champions if it's not for Steve Eisenman. Um, you know, he, he passed... Every, he passed the the build off to his protege, if you will. Um, let me, I, Julian Brisewa, if I remember his name correctly. That's terrible. <laughs> Our current GM, right, um, was kind of the assistant GM uh, while Stevie Y was here. Um, yeah, but uh, I saw a lot of people talking about it, and they said that ultimately, end of the day, even though Iserman got it started, it was and en- it ended up really being Breezebois' team, if you will, because he made a couple of trades um, that really kind of got us over the hump, if you will, after last year. Julian Breezewa, I was right. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so let's, we're, we're going to get into that. Let's let's do our, because our, we're going to jump right into hockey. Charles is not here. And we'll talk about basketball, I guess, in the second half of the show. So last night, Tampa Bay Lightning get to game six. Uh and, you know, this this was not... Yeah, I, they, they, they took care of business at the beginning of the game with regards to the goal scoring, but, man, this was not an easy game from start to finish whatsoever. It was more it of a, a war of attrition, really, uh, for the most part after that, that first period. I, from, what, from my standpoint, at least. And I remember... Ooh messaging of course the group chat uh counting down the minutes of course you don't want to do that of course your your mm-hmm. main your main message to me and charles every time we mentioned the lightning game or you was shush seriously so. i the, he can attest to that charles can attest to it is if i i will i always say shush whenever they talk about it i i am not a superstitious person by nature but when it comes to sports, I can be quite superstitious. 
Um, you know, I, I forget if I mentioned this last night, but like for instance, I won't wear any articles of clothing that are the. I'm a little stitious. Yes, I'm a little stitious. <laughs> um, you know, I won't wear any articles of clothing that are the opposing team's color. Um, you know, so like it it makes my wardrobe a little bit harder. Immediately, it's it's easier to deal with green because green is not exactly a major part of my wardrobe. But like. Uh, you get my point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll always wear uh, tomato emotes. <laughs> um, you know, I always wear a Tampa Bay Lightning hat when we're when we're playing. I'll always wear UCF clothing or hat or whatever when we're playing, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, I'm a I'm a little stitious uh, when it comes to sports. So, um, so part of that superstition is not saying anything that would potentially jinx, uh, jinx anything, and that's why I keep saying shush. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't trash talk online, especially like on Twitter or anything, because of it. I don't want to be on uh, old takes exposed, you know, yeah. freezing cold takes. And wow, the Yankees are up two nothing. As Aaron Judge has smacked the home run in the first inning against uh, Shane Bieber. Mm. So, yikes. Statement right there from the Yanks. And it's a good thing. Uh, wow, it's one-to-one between the Lightning and the Stars in this N64 game. All right. So, and yeah, Freddie won both of his baseball leagues. So, there you go. Congratulations, Freddie. So. Oh, and uh, Freddie, to follow up, I, I should have told you this the other day, but yes, it was indeed death by Mahomes last night. Oh, uh, yeah. He has been my, uh, Freddie's been my mentor, if you will, um, in fantasy football. <laughs> Your fantasy first... Sherpa. Exactly. Um, uh, this is my first season doing fantasy football, so I've been asking his advice, things like that. And I had a huge lead on my opponent going into yesterday. And then all of a sudden, death by Mahomes, who was my opponent's quarterback. Um, and all of a sudden, the seemingly insurmountable lead that I had turned to nothing. Um, and they ended up winning by like two or th- uh, like three or four points. So... That was that was my first heartbreak in fantasy football. Yeah, uh, a ton of people heartbreak too. So I think uh, people expected a much more close match between the Ravens and and the Chiefs, the two star quarterbacks here. But uh, it is what it is. So, all right, back to the Lightning game though. Uh, so, uh, I guess to the series. So we have uh, Victor Hedman. Winning the Conn Smythe Trophy, uh, a defenseman winning the trophy, and uh, I think well deserved. I mean, it could have gone to him. It could have gone to Vasilevsky, who played the game of his life last night. Uh, yeah, that just... was his. If I remember correctly, that was his first uh, playoff shutout, and man, he picked the right time to do it. Um. You know, luckily the team helped him out in the first and second period. 
Um, I, and I'm not just talking about the goals, but he faced, I think, only eight shots during the first two periods. Right. During the first two periods. It was 21 to 8. Um, the stars were, I mean, Kudobin kept them in there as long as possible. Yeah, gave up two goals, but what else can you do? And then the stars finally woke up in the third, but by then, because it, it was starting to get too late. The clock started ticking down. There was some pressure. And then once you start reaching that five-minute mark, it became very clear because the Lightning were blocking. Like, those guys were blocking for their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I knew that the third period was going to be really rough on me. Um because you you don't make it to the Stanley Cup final on luck, um, and guys like that they're gonna fight tooth and nail. Like uh, case in point, you could see uh, I I don't know which player it was, but as the puck was trickling down toward the empty net in the last few seconds. Um, the Dallas player was still, you know, trying to block and shove off uh, our player, right, uh, to stop him from sh going in the em uh, shooting it into the empty net. It's like that's that's determination. You know, the game's over at that point. Right. It was like thirty-four. Uh, there was like thirty seconds left, and you see like no, it was like ten seconds. Oh, you, well, yeah, I mean, but, like, but in that last 30-second mark, even then, like, the Stars were trying to gear up and trying to make an, a miracle happen. Even when um, the keeper of the cup was, they showed the shot of him taking out the cup before the game was even over. Right. I mean, that's hot. Yeah, I, I had to, I knew, and, of course, my feeling was justified that the, they were, I, I knew in about 10 minutes, left that this the rest of this period is going to be pure agony um, and luckily who uh, Vasilevsky was able to withstand the barrage they they put like 15 something shots on him I don't remember the exact number but they were just bludgeoning him with shots um, luckily, like you mentioned, a lot of shots were blocked. Uh, those guys were, they did not care about their well-being for, for that last bit of time. So um, if you look at, well, I guess you can't see it from, from, from here, but uh, the, I love the NHL app when they have like this, uh, this feature called Game Flow. And it's essentially the, the action and the puck possession uh, and shots being taken. Uh, during the game so mm -hmm. it started off pretty even between the two teams and then of course the lightning had their first big spurt around the the 10 minute mark of the first period and they, that's when they got their first goal from Braden Point and then for the most part the lightning controlled play for like the next five periods and then the stars kind of woke up towards the end of that first period but then it was over from there uh, starting off the second the stars push they they had that uh that early uh momentum going from the last period but then uh then at, at a point when i guess they weren't really expecting it blake colbin's goal goes in 
at the at the 15 15-ish minute mark here uh let's see i can't see the uh at the 701 mark here in the second period so then the stars once again they they try and control possession but the lightning went from there and then it was back and forth and you had a ping uh of Tyler Johnson's shot went off the goalpost, but at that point the Lightning were controlling play. They were right. uh, just absolutely so the Stars had tiny little spurts, but no sustained pressure. Unlike what the Lightning did, where they just kept going at it, and it, they got two goals out of it from um, against Kudobin and almost a third goal, and yeah. then. And- yeah, Something, sorry. I mean, you made a good point about the sustained pressure. That was something we did really well for most of the series, is that we we would keep up the pressure for the most part. Um, and we, we reduced the opportunities. I mean, obviously there were a few times, like, game five was tough because uh, they got a few too many opportunities. Um, and a few unlucky bounces. Right. Um, but, yeah, that was a big thing was our, our ability to control play. And you would constantly see pop up on the, the score bug, as they call it, where they show, you know, the, you know, the score, the time remaining, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, they would constantly show uh, time of possession and time in offensive zone. And the Lightning were consistently winning both of those. And that's, that's a big key, is being able to keep the puck as far away from your net as possible. Right. I, I, I mean, it, that was absolutely the... <laughs> that was basically the third period at the end. With this, because I'm looking at this game flow here, and the stars they had that I mean it was sustained pressure for pretty much that entire last 15 or so minutes of of the uh, of the game there, and the Lightning were barely touching the puck, but like I said, uh, Andre Andre Vasilevsky uh, stood on his head, and the rest of his teammates just blocking shot after shot after shot uh, mm-hmm. because. Um, because I mean, by the end of it, let's see here. I don't know how. Uh, by the end of it, I mean the Stars only had twenty-two shots on goal, but for the most part, those were pretty much in the third period. The Lightning had twenty-nine. At the end, of, they won the face-off dot uh, at fifty-three point four percent against the Stars, forty-six point six. Of course, one for three on the power play. Uh, big difference there. Uh, 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 both same amount of penalty minutes. The, the Lightning actually came to play physically. They had 40 hits to the Stars 37, so they were very much toe-to-toe and, and, and ahead of them in that regards. Uh, remember, that was my concern starting off the series, was can the Lightning uh, uh, put up with what the Stars are going to throw at them? And they got plenty of practice thanks to the Columbus Blue Jackets series. And... Yeah. Uh, uh, 22 blocks by the Lightning to the Stars 16, and uh, t- two less giveaways, nine to 11. So the Stars had 11 giveaways, and the, they both equaled on takeaways. So, uh, but yeah, uh, most of the Stars' shots on goal, 
They had four in the first period, four in the second, and 14 in the third. Wow. Way to, way to control the, the, the pace of play throughout. So that was another good thing was, uh, I mean, the games that we, the games that we lost, Dallas was able to control our shots. Uh, I, I know this, I know that I'm sounding very redundant and like, no, duh, you can't score if you don't have shots on net. But That's... one of our strengths was just constantly hit, uh, shooting the puck on net. Right. Uh, we would routinely get, you know, 30 shots on net uh, per game. I mean, if you, and admittedly, it was a five overtime game, so eight periods. But in the the opener against Columbus, where it went to five overtimes, we put like I think eighty something shots on net. <laughs> yeah. So you're 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 averaging ten shots a period, which again, over the course of a game, thirty plus shots. So uh, that was our big thing: was just pestering the goalie, pestering the goalie, pestering the goalie. And how that helps is if you get someone in front of the net, they'll either redirect it, it'll bounce off with somebody, um, and that's where a good amount, a lot of our goals came from. I mean, that's that's the mantra: throw the puck at the net and see what happens. Exactly. So that that was a big thing for us. And if you look at the shots on on goal, if I remember correctly, the games that we lost throughout, those were the games they were able to keep us. Below, well below 30 shots on net. So it correlation in this case is causation. Um, so that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know what the heck's going on with the Yankees stream. That's not on me. It can't be. Anyways, uh, let's, um, let's head back here. So so let's okay so that was the game and we know who won three stars uh were vasileski uh much deserved uh, the third star Braden point the second star and of course our con Smythe winner victor hedman as the first star and uh, let's go with now the victory how you know, Steven Stamkos, let, let's go into him. And we brought up right. this topic and, and something that we wanted to talk about. Uh, favorite players to see uh, winning the big one finally after, you know, so many years being in the league. Uh, Stamkos now 10 plus years in the league. Uh, he had the most goal. A lot of people think it's over. No, it's not which it, it's it's Stamkos most goals throughout the decade of 2010 through 2019 it was Stamkos that had the most right. and then Ovechkin behind him and the stigma behind Stamkos is he couldn't win the big one it's almost it's almost kind of like Steve Eiserman in the sense uh, when when that was that was the thing against him and yes he got injured this season and he he didn't play in the bubble games and he finally finally came out for a Stanley Cup Finals game and was only in there for about like three or four minutes 
But man, what a blaze of glory to go out in, man. You score a breakaway goal in the the very few minutes, and of course he got injured again, but he it, it was like he just had enough, just had enough to show us that vintage Stamkos uh, for this one season, and and man, that man deserves his name on that freaking hunk of metal, as uh, Rob Manfred would think of it. Yeah, it's I, I'm so happy for him. Um, you know, I've been a, a, a Lightning fan since 2008. Um, I'll, I'll just a quick or I'll, I'll just a quick two second uh, explanation right. that I decided to consolidate, I, I told you this before, but for the viewing audience, uh, I decided to consolidate my fandoms into Orlampa, if you will, Orlando, Tampa, because the two cities have the five major, well, back in 2008, only four, but um, the five major sports leagues, you know, Orlando's got... NBA, MLS, uh, Tampa has MLB, NHL, NFL, although I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, but I digress. So 2008 was the year that I kind of made that switch, so Stamkos has been around for most of that, and the dude is a trooper. Um, and it sucks because I, he's gone through so many injuries, and it's they're freak injuries too. It's not like you know he's an injury prone. He didn't. He was never like injury prone going into the league. It's just been these all of these insane uh, injuries, but he's come back just as good as ever each time. It's just he's missed so much time recovering. Mm-hmm. Like one time he broke his leg sliding into a net. Uh, off of one of the posts. Uh, he missed a good amount of time with that. Um, and someone told me that it was because of that that they decided to make the post a little bit easier to break away than they already were. Right. Um, because, you know, that just devastated him. And then, you know, he got hit in the... In one of the playoff runs, he got hit in the face with a puck. He was gone for a few minutes, and he came back wearing a full face shield. Yeah. And it's like, the, he may be, you know, you always think, you know, your snipers and whatnot, you know, there are these, I don't want to say fragile, because any hockey player can't be fragile. It's not fragile. But, you know those big bruisers or whatnot, you think, you know, Sidney Crosby is not a bruiser or anything. Do you, do you follow? No, I, I get it. I mean, Stamkos is a center. He is, uh, and yes, he, he's been, I, look, I mean, he's he's been in the league long enough. He When he is healthy, and that's, and for the most part, he has been. Of course, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be scoring that many goals in a decade. Um, right. No, remember, of course. He had he's he's had a sixty plus goal season, of course, already. So, it's. Uh, I just but, mean that if yeah, he didn't yeah. have all these injuries, yeah, exactly. He, he's he's not a notoriously glass player like uh, I don't know the the the, the hockey equivalent of Giancarlo Stanton, if you will. 
Right. So even though he um, had a freak injury with getting hit in the face, but he also got hit in the face. Wow. Anyways. But yeah, it's I, I'm so happy for him. He won second. That's a foul ball. Sorry. Uh, one of Tampa's players almost hit a home run. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm 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 so happy for him. I'm happy for all the guys that were there in 2015. I think I read there were nine players carryover from our six-game loss in 2015 to Chicago in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, and, of course, all the guys that were on that lineup for last season's heartbreak, which is what John Cooper said. Like, the big difference with the team this season was that they got to experience heartbreak. Exactly. You know, it's funny, he, during his post-game press conference, he was wearing a 2019 Virginia basketball national champions hat. Yeah. And that was so cool. And he was talking about that with Scott Van Pelt, and he said that he bought that shortly after they were, after Tampa was swept last year by Columbus. Um, and he had to explain it to some of the players who are not from the U.S., uh, who don't quite understand the concept of college sports, college basketball, and said, you know, this is what happened, and why not us? Right. You know, why, why, can't we be the Virgi- why can't we be the next Virginia? For those who don't know, Virginia was the number one seed in the 2019 March Madness, their first round game was against 16 seed uh, UMBC Maryland Baltimore County, and they lost in the first round, which was the first time that a one seed had ever lost to a 16 seed in the first round. So, so, so yeah, the next year it's they the come back. They also were the one seed again, but they win the whole damn thing. Right and. For a lot of people, you know, it it almost kind of completely erased the the memory of what happened the right. year before. And the same I mean, thing for Tampa. Right. And it it's obviously still there. People are going to still bring it up. It but happened. It, it it it's almost like let's say um like, remember the Buffalo Bills of the early 90s and how they lost right. four straight Super Bowls. If they had gone to a fifth one and won at least one of those, people wouldn't be talking. They'd be talking about losing the first four, but then they would be like, oh, but they finally got it done at the end, you know? Exactly. It's 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 like the, I, I mentioned it too, like the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they've. They, all those division championships, all those things, and they got that they one title. If they didn't get that one title, people would be much more hard on them than they ever have been. I agree. So um, it, it's so. it's the ultimate redemption story. I, I think then, in hockey, really. I don't think it's. Uh, I, it, it, I don't think it, it's something has ever happened that way. We've had teams that because, like uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, the, the season prior to their dynasty, they lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think, to the Montreal Canadiens, which, of course, was also a dynastic team. Right. And then they ran off the four straight Stanley Cups. And then 
um, that last Stanley Cup championship was the first one for that dynastic Oilers team, and they lost. But then they come back the next year against that same Islanders team, and you know, rattle off the next four of uh, next five of the next seven uh, Stanley Cup championships in that time span. So, but this one was different. This was not an up and coming team getting ready to do it and getting knocked out by a, a dynasty on the, on the way out. This was uh, not rags to riches. This was uh, like the, the like the the fallen angel or something like that in some sense. And you know, I'm not. I mean, I would love more than anything for there to be a, a run here for the for the Bolts. Um, you know, it's ironic. You hate to you you hate to see dynasties or sustained success like that for other teams, but you absolutely love it when it's your team. Right. Um, like, I always, like, man, the New England Patriots are so annoying, constantly winning all the time, but at the same time, I know I would be stoked if the the Tampa Bay Lightning were winning every other year, the right. Stanley Cup. Um. Although, admittedly, I think winning like that all the time kind of takes some of the luster out of it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that... I think you have to experience it in order to get it. Because, like, those Oilers fans, man, they cling on to those 80s teams, you know? The same thing for the Islanders. This is their first time True. back in the conference finals this year, so it's uh, but, like, things are looking up for them, but... But and like, those, the Patriots fans? Oh, don't don't worry. They're they're gonna. There's no luster lost with them either. And I guess Charles like, could even tell you the same thing with the Yankees from from the '90s as well. I can. It was oh, beautiful. whoa! Holy crap! <laughs> it's what was it? Uh, it's, it's like a movie or something. You know, it just pops in like. Oh, but like, but what what I mean is, you know, let's compare. And admittedly, this is a bit of an extreme, but let's compare the Yankees winning in 2000, 2000, because they just came off of 99 and 98, or let's, let's say 98, or yeah, let's go 98, because you, uh, no, 99, because you won 98, so now you're back to back. Let's compare that with how Red Sox fans were in 2004. You know? Uh, well, that that right there, though, that, is so different because they had been without for so long, but they had their opportunities, right? Because they did go in the 80s against the Mets and they had some screw-ups. For you guys, if you're comparing it to Lightnings, you tasted the trophy. I'm going to say it like that because I don't want to say tasted the gold because Stanley Cup's not gold. But it had just well, been a long. You could drink out of it. So you, you you shipped of the cup of champions. So you sipped out of the cup of champions. But and, and I only recall the last couple of years, a little bit prior of hockey, from working with you guys, knowing you guys, and my own ideas. But I I would say it's like you're going with the Red Sox. It's just there was the all shucks guys. Now remind me, please do. Were the Lightnings in a finals that they lost? That wasn't like the the conference finals. So twenty fifteen, and that was against the Blackhawks, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I know. The end things. of a dynasty too. So. 
Yeah, so I, I know things. We, so. We've had a lot of near misses in the past few years. You know, I remember distinctly 2011, we were so close to, to reaching the Stanley Cup Finals. We were so, so, tied so. with... We were tied with Boston. Right. So, but we've gone over that part too. But right. th the thing is, uh, I, I I think this championship feels different than other ones because of the way you guys won it after being so humiliated last year. Remember, they, they made fun of you guys at the NHL Awards. You know, Keenan, Keenan Thompson made fun of you. I mean, sheesh. Yeah. So it, it, that embarrassment... And to come back and do it in the bubble, you know, after months of them not being at home and and uh, and things like that, to do it in two two different locations. You went from Toronto all the way to Edmonton, which is as, about as far as you can get away from Tampa in the league. It is it's something different. I think this is you guys may have the one of the most unique championships in hockey history. Sports history, and you know, uh, we'll, we'll wait for the heat. All right, we'll wait for the heat because they got a. Well, let me, <laughs> let me, let me ask you this, gentlemen, and to Freddie and BU, whoever's here. I think Freddie might be gone. Um, a lot of people are putting an asterisk on this. No. No. Hi, Freddie. Um, I, and I saw saying, that. You know, I saw that online. And, well, what, I'm not sure, Charles, did you hear about this or no? So, yeah, of course, people on Twitter and, of course, people are always yeah, going to try and saying, put an asterisk behind the whole thing. Okay, there was no home versus uh, home, home ice advantage and things like that. Whatever. You had the most level playing field of all time. or There was no real home ice. But in the... In the same in the same regard, though, um, and there was this great article. Someone said, "Darn right, there should be an asterisk um, that this was the toughest Stanley Cup ever." And you know, in some ways, I I agree, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. But that is true, be you. Um, but even if Tampa didn't win, you know. Uh, you the know, stars I, would I, it, you know. Yeah, it, but I would say in some ways, it's like I said, it's tougher. Like the the first thing you hear about these guys when they come back is them like hugging their children, their families tighter than than they ever have before. You know, Tampa just got back today after sixty five days away from their family. So, uh, I, just, um, I was just looking at that home run, which apparently they the were race. promised that their families would be there, but that didn't follow. That didn't come through. Right. So. So it's no. I if any sort of asterisk is going to be on it, uh, like I said, that article. It's, it's the it, asterisk. It, it'll be the it'll be the opposite. That it's not like they they had it easier. They had it harder. Exactly. Um, and you know, even though they were safe in the bubble and whatnot, which shout out to the NHL. What an awesome job they did with those bubbles. Yeah. Incredible job. Not a single person got sick. Not a single person got sick. 
uh, some of the AI in this game is lacking. It's a 99, baby. Um, that is the way to do a bubble. You know, the NBA didn't do as well. You know, you, you had that guy running out to get, what, uh, he went to get some, like, DoorDash or whatever, um, yeah, yeah, the and yeah, the NBA bubble, and then they had to quarantine him. Even if he didn't get sick, you know, they were uh, being the most cautious of of, of, of it, if anything. You know? Right, but the, yeah, the NHL didn't have that issue. They did it right. Everyone was a hundred percent on board. Although, like, there was an article. Uh, I, ESPN did published. they boo Gary Bettman? Like, did somebody? Did they put a boo track? I don't think they did. I honestly wasn't paying attention because <laughs> I was kind of in tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, seeing... I, I don't think they did. They might have been like a half second boo, but um, I don't think they did. Uh... I mean, normally I keep an eye out for that or an ear out, but I, I wasn't keeping an ear out whatsoever. I was just, you know, glommed over and just so... like... Yeah, not the, crying, the entire. Like, oh did you God. have your cheer wine? Yes, I did. Did you bust out the bubbly? I bu- I I busted out the bubbly, and you know, per my superstitiousness, I wanted to get a a bottle of sparkling grape juice. I don't drink alcohol, um, and kind of like spray it like they do in the yeah uh, locker rooms. Right. But I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do anything special here. Just uh, what do I have at home? And I had a a can of uh, ginger ale that I did that with. Okay. So was it nearly as fun as I thought it would be? Um, but I had I did that with some ginger ale, drank a little bit of it, um, and I had a couple of bottles of cheer wine. Which, for those who don't know what cheer wine is, it is the greatest soft drink on the earth. So, all right. So now they've won, and you have been looking at merchandise, of course. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm going to put this on the screen here as well, because uh, we, we might as well look at the championship gear now that they've won. Uh, yes, Freddie, it is cherry. It's, it's I, I can't really describe it. But probably the most similar thing would be something in the range of Cherry Pepsi, Cherry Coke, something like that, but infinitely better. So we've got all the the Stanley Cup Championship gear here. There's pretty much everything under the sun, as we would expect. Uh, I would assume you're going to get the hat. Yeah. At the very least. Uh, You've got the the T-shirt, of course, the the name of of, of all the players in the back. Uh, you've got the scarf, you got the, oh, you should get that Stanley Cup there, yeah, get one of those. Uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. Uh, you got the flags, you've got, uh, and of course the jerseys, which is the big thing that you have your eye on right now. Yeah, I, I don't own, you guys know this, but I don't own any hockey jersey you can get a mask too because it's 2020 so i i'm strongly considering getting a jersey um 
you know, if anyone has any suggestions on them, you know, I, I, on the one hand, I really do not want to have to pay 140 something bucks for a jersey, right? Uh, if I can get it cheaper, but at the same time, I'm very cautious about those knockoffs from China or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, and then. You know, at the same time, do I want to get the uh, the replica version, or do I want to get the authentic oh, version? The authentic is going to cost you a pretty penny, dude. I know. I'm like... I don't even have an NHL authentic jersey. Do you have the... the I just have the... replicas. I just have replicas. Aside from uh, the retro, uh, retro starter... Uh, Florida Panthers red jersey for the 93 version. That's right. the only authentic one. And of course, I got that on the cheap because it's old and it's from eBay and things like that. Because right. uh, it has the fight strap on it. So that's, that's right. the difference between the authentics and the replicas for the most part. And I think the authentics are, are made by Adidas while the right. replicas are made by Fanatics. Do Now, this is a question I was going to ask you in, in chat but I'll just ask you right here, right now. You know how how good are those jerseys? The the uh, the replica. They're no, they're fine. Uh, uh, of course, the the material is not the same because uh, you know the, the the authentic ones are everything's completely stitched, whereas uh, the the replicas uh, it's not it's. I guess the semi screen printed in some ways. Uh, the the last one that I have is the Panthers one, but I think that's uh hold on, I think that's a Reebok replica. I don't know if Fanatics has has pretty much the same thing or not. I don't have a Fanatics version of it, uh, so that's that's kind of the the only thing I would tell you. But uh, I I mean the authentics are pretty penny, and of course for the most. I mean, they're, they're not really as warm as a real jersey, I guess. If, but if, the idea is just to wear it. And listen, you don't wear a hockey jersey every day, especially here in right. Florida. Uh, that's more of a game time thing or the the off chance you get to wear it when it's 60 degrees here in Miami that one day a year. So uh, just think about it. I, I, I haven't bought an authentic at all lately. Of course, the Panthers haven't done anything near close to what you guys have done. So I might change my tune if, uh, you know, in 2040, whenever they win the Stanley Cup and I'm, you know, on my deathbed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll get the authentic. Bury me with it. But, uh, oh, that, oh, that's $60 Stanley Cup replica right there. Oh, yeah, you get one of those, too. I'd be going ham right now with this stuff <laughs> if the Panthers won. So yeah, I, uh, you can go a tiny bit ham and get yourself at the very least a replica jersey. I think, especially if you don't have one yet, you might as well get one to represent the Lightning. Yeah, I. That's what I'm. I'm thinking of doing. Um, you know, first I have to get a steady job. Which a, please for the love of God, I need to pass that freaking bar exam. Um, a tiny bit ham. Um, well, my ham is going to be less ham than some people's ham. 
Um, now, something that is really ham is, I'm not sure if you saw it in passing on there, but they have a, a puck, basically, that is that contains melted ice from the melted game-used ice. Yeah. That's ham. Yeah. Um, and believe me, I actually considered it for half a second. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of. I mean, you have these knickknacks, and of course, look, these are collectibles. A lot of these, and collectibles yeah, I, are inherently only valuable to those who see it as valuable. So, right. it you know, if you buy it, it'll be something that you could put on your mantle and be like, you know. 10 20 years from now you can look back and be like hell yeah yeah we yeah they yeah we did it man we did it back in 2020 you know yeah. so yeah so i mean i i, I don't want to seem like i'm flaunting wealth or whatever because i surely am not um but i i normally try not to make rash monetary decisions but i think this is one instance where I'm going to make an exception uh, because I've been waiting for this for quite a while and it's, it's been heartbreak after heartbreak. You know, 2015 sucked, 2011 sucked, 2018 sucked, 2019 really sucked. Um, but finally we, we climbed all the way to the, to the top of the mountain and Stanley's getting a tan once again. He he really needs it. It's been a, a long while since he's gotten a much needed tan. Um, That's true. Yeah. When was the last When was the last Sun Belt winner? Uh, let's see. Before I guess, you guys. I guess, I guess Los Angeles. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. The Kings. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Uh, let's see. So let's see. Twenty fifteen was Chicago. Twenty six. Yeah. Twenty fourteen was... was the King. Twenty twelve was the Kings again. Uh, you had the Ducks back in 07, the um, the the Canes back in 06, you guys back in 04, and the Stars back in 99. So Here, those I'm have looking been it up the right Sun Belt winners so far. I'm looking up who... Because, uh... Uh, you know, the Panthers lost their one, the, the Knights lost their one, um, the Predators lost the one that they went to. So Here for the go. most part... Um, and uh let's see I don't I don't consider San Jose Sun Belt, but I guess they kinda of, sort of are. I'm trying to see okay, here we go. Um no that's not it. Damn it. Yeah, this is some good uh, stuff, man. This is some great stuff right here. <laughs> I I'm I just I just look at this in envy, really. I am supremely jealous of you. I don't even play golf and I would buy those golf balls. <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh, look at the oh, do you see this one in the middle, the minimalist art print with the lightning bolt and the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Alright, you hang that one in your office. That's a good one. Yeah, I I I am gonna go I hate to say it, but I am going to go ham as much as I do not want to, because I could use that money for better reasons or better uses, but Oh man, this is this is this means a lot. This yeah. 
and, and, and it's not like once again there's no real rush for you to get this there's gonna be stuff you're gonna right. get the jersey at some point there's no rush to get it heck you can even wait a little bit for it well, to go the thing down. that worries me is the they they briefly sold out of jerseys last night within two hours yeah I'm I'm worried more than anything. I'm worried that and and, and look, I, I get to, yeah. You won't you'll miss out. You'll miss out. This is the, major FOMO, my friends. Major FOMO. So I mean, at the very least, and of course, you have the backup plan is just to get a regular jersey um, and stitch it on. And, yeah, and and buy the the patch separately, and yeah, stitch it on there. So. Let's see. So BU says, "Well, San Jose never won the cup, so." Uh, yeah, no, no. He so, was just talking about my comment on whether oh. they're considered Sun Belt. Some people do consider them Sun Belt, even though I don't. Like, if you've been would, to the Bay Area, it's not really Sun Belt. <laughs> would you Would you consider St. Louis to be Sun Belt or no? No, no. Nobody and, else considers them to be. And then DC, obviously not. So yeah, twenty fourteen Los Angeles would be would yeah. be the last unbelt winner. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and fun fact: Tampa is the first team from the from the nineteen ninety expansion teams on that has won two Stanley Cups. Yeah. Expansion and, slash. Relocated Sun Belts because the Stars, this is their third Stanley Cup since moving, and they they won the first one back in '99, and then they lost in 2000, and now yeah. this one. Yeah, in a heartbreak for that matter. Yeah. Um, they they pulled a, a they pulled minus the whole controversy about the skate in the crease, but they pulled a a, a they pulled a Buffalo a New Jersey pulled a Buffalo Sabers on them. You know, yeah. overtime winner by uh, Jason Arnett, according to uh, Gary Thorne, who, man, I love you, Gary Thorne. You're such a great announcer. I miss you. So, all right. So, uh, gosh, man, we've been on this 51 minutes. I want to get to some smaller segments, but they, I have Tampa ties to these. So I think you'll enjoy this, Andrew. By all means, go ahead. All right, so uh, I guess we can update on the baseball playoffs happening as they open today. Yanks are up two nothing on the Indians. Yeah. Uh, the Rays are up three to one on sure. the Jays. Uh, the Minnesota Twins disappointed all of baseball Boo. and lost four to one to the Houston Astros. So the Twins choking in the first round as always. The Oakland A's choking in the first round as always. They lost four to one. To the Chicago White Sox, but of course uh, Lucas Giolito almost threw a perfect game. So what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah. So and I guess there's some tennis and soccer that's happening, but who cares about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's uh, let's go to uh, which one do I have here? Mm, let's go to player remember to forget. All right, so. Uh, we'll highlight a player. I, I can get this one out of the way as that one goes into the gap and the Yankees are going to score the third run here. Yes. Yep. So, uh, 3-0 Yanks out in Cleveland. Uh, let's see, where am I? Oh yeah, I'm here. So, 
Uh, let me see if I can clear this screen, please. Thank you. Alrighty. So, player remember to forget is Keith... Uh, Keith Osborne. Alright. Keith Osborne, uh, professional ice hockey player from way back in the day. You know why I picked him, Andrew? Why? Because he was on the inaugural Lightning team. Hmm. So it, it, okay. it's just it's just to show how far the franchise has come. Uh, Keith Osborne, he was a right winger. Uh, uh, was drafted in 1987 uh, in the first round, 12th overall, by I think the oh no the St. Louis Blues, and uh, he played for the Blues back in 89 slash 90, and the Lightning 92-93 inaugural season. Played only 16 games in his NHL career. Scored only one goal. Had three assists. Uh, he is currently a head coach of the Wayland Junior Canadians Junior B hockey team that plays in the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League. That's the most I could drum up about him. So there you go. Uh, I'm pretty not sure a lot of people have forgotten him, especially Lightning fans. It just shows you how far the, the franchise has come from the early days. Mm-hmm. So so we got that. Then let's let's head on over to a better Noah minor league team. Wait, before you go yes. on to that, I, too, have a player to remember to, remember to forget. Oh, okay. Shoot. Um, and... It also happens to be related to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Alrighty. Um, it is Manon Rayon. You're gonna have to spell that one for me. M A N O N R H E A U N E. Ah, actually, this one belongs in. You, you go, go girl. girl. There we all go. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. Well, I mean, no, actually, no, talk about her because I had a different you go, girl, but let's do a lightning you go, girl. All right. So uh, less than a week ago, as a matter of fact, um, was the 28th anniversary of Manon Rayom uh, becoming the first woman to play in a major North American pro league. Admittedly, it was an exhibition game, but still, history nonetheless. It was one of the exhibition games for the uh, uh, Lightning in their inaugural season. She played goaltender. Uh, she faced off against the St. Louis Blues. She was 20 at the time. Um, admittedly, uh, just from a neutral standpoint, not necessarily the best performance. She played in her one period, she allowed two goals on nine shots. Not exactly the best. But still, talk about... Oh, look uh, at Freddie. She was a Tallahassee Tiger Shark. Ooh. Well then. Angie, you know who the Tallahassee Tiger Sharks are, right? I do not. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I mean they they well they used to play at the Leon County Civic Center where the Seminoles play. Oh. Uh, basketball. I did so. not know that. Okay. So yeah, there um, she is. 
playing for the Lightning. Now, I when I I watched the not that video, but a video about her, um, and it was I think Phil Esposito was saying that he essentially brought her in as a I don't think he said publicity stunt. Maybe he did. Um, I don't remember. Um, but, you know, in, in hindsight, it was much more than just a publicity stunt. Um, you know, that, that meant a lot to women. Um, you know, her son now is a, a prospect for the U.S., um, which is interesting since, you know, she's Canadian. I mean, how could you not be with a name like Menon Rayom? Um, but her son plays for the U.S. He was probably born in the U.S. But, uh, I mean, look at that video right there. Well, uh, yeah, she's there, uh, she's there uh, coaching the Little Caesars junior hockey team. By the way, Little Caesars, uh, junior hockey team in Detroit, one of the elite junior hockey teams in the U.S. Really? A lot of NHL uh, prospects around the Michigan area uh, come from there. Uh, or really not the, not just Michigan, but like around Ohio and, 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 and West Pennsylvania and stuff. Yeah, they, they'll go and play for Little Caesars. So And, and of course, Little Caesars owned by the um, um, the Illich family, who yep. of course ran uh, Little Caesars and the Detroit Tigers and the Detroit Red Wings. So, so there you go. But, you know, what started out as possibly a publicity stunt you know, it's turned into so much more, and you know, I I'm so excited that 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 she got the opportunity. Pizza, pizza. I wonder if their after game meals are always Little Caesars pizza. Uh, um, I, I would hope so. Uh, I don't. I, I I I would hope not because you don't want to end up looking like Papa John after eating forty pizzas in three days. <laughs> Listen, that that's just how it is. But I remember law school, you know, when you got that mega pizza, it was clogging my arteries. But granted, I shouldn't even talk because you guys already know what I'm going to attack later this week. So I, I recant that statement. I recant that statement with those uh, Cheeto chicken stuff. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's, it's cool that my franchise um, was the one that kind of broke a barrier in a way, if you will. Um, I mean, I know that was maybe not the intent at the time, but it's taken on so much more meaning over the past yeah. uh, 28 years. So that's that's really awesome. And Alrighty. That's, a, that's an awesome way to kind of loop in uh, a uh, few segments here. Yeah, well, I have another one with you. Cause All right. We're going to do the Lightning Love Fest right now. All okay. right. So, uh, better know a minor league team. Uh, let's get Papa John off of that because that is starting <laughs> to freak me out now. Uh, <laughs> he is the he is the complete opposite of the color blue, right there. So, uh, better know a minor league team. We're gonna go to Syracuse because that is home to the Syracuse Crunch. Yeah. And do you know who they are, Andrew? Of course, they're our minor league affiliate. Of course, yes. The Syracuse Crunch, the, the minor league affiliate of 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were established back in 92. Originally played as the Hamilton Canucks, then moved over to, to Syracuse uh, from, from Ontario in 94. They're in the American Hockey League. Uh, they've been the Lightning affiliate since 2012. They were previously the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Anaheim Ducks affiliates. They don't have a single Calder Trophy, which I was like, surprised by. But uh, they do have a ton of alumni that are that were on this championship Lightning squad. So, I mean, just to rattle them off, you know, like some of them, I mean, sheesh. Like, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Andrej Palat, uh, Killorn was on there, Tyler Johnson. I mean, these are the core pieces of this group, and they all passed through Syracuse uh, on their way up to Tampa. So, I mean, sheesh, man. What, what a way to pump out some 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 prospects and actually have them do well in the league uh just a fantastic job by the lightning scouting over the last eight years no kidding uh steve eiserman for tearing it down and building it up again and doing it the right way um uh just just to lay the foundation for this run finally Uh, of course uh, uh just to finish off syracuse uh they play out at the upstate medical university arena which was built in 1951 uh, as, a, as a war memorial arena. Uh, capacity of 6,159. That's all I got for the Syracuse Crunch. They have kind of a, I guess, kind of a weird uh, 90s, 2000-esque logo. But it's it's minor league hockey, so of course it works. So, uh, and they got the lightning bolts on this guy's helmets to, to indicate the... The connection to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, they are also an affiliate for the Orlando Solo Bears of the ECHL as well. So there Which, you go. Man, talk about how happy I was when my hometown minor league team became the affiliate of of Tampa. They weren't for a while. Um, and then that changed, I think, a season or two ago. Yep. Yep. So... Uh... And BU is Bonino a, a BU alum? So Nick Bonino, there he is, uh, from Hartford, Connecticut. And let's see. Uh, yeah, he went to Boston University. There you go. Our, yeah, an aside, uh, one out player remember to forget, but you know. An aside there. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. I I, I want to get the Lightning Fest out of the way here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, we did a Yugo girl that was unexpected but nice. Uh, so, uh, player, remember, forget. All right. And Andrew, I have to get this out of the way. The Love Fest is gonna get a little uh, a little painful right now. But some people are All into right. that. All right. Okay. Some people are into that. No kink shaming. Uh, Gottlieb's goons. <laughs> I know where this is going. Oh, you know where this is going. I predicted about two weeks, the Tampa Bay area, Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, and whatever the hell else other counties around there are about to receive a spike in our good old buddy COVID. And what is COVID? 
It's no such thing. Uh, well, according to Tampa, it doesn't exist. So uh, I have to show this. Uh, we're going to go on Twitter. Uh, the, I get celebrating the Stanley Cup. I get it. I, I, I And listen, I, I, I am talking about this knowing that if the Miami Heat win the NBA Finals, I believe we're going to have about a couple thousand idiots ourselves down here doing the same thing. So uh, just just in case in about uh, a week and a half from now, if that does happen, I understand. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just saying, like, there was a lot of partying going on last night in front of the Amelie Arena. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I find it a little, uh, a little irresponsible. And, oh, it's totally irresponsible. You know, the Lightning are going to have a parade. It's going to be a boat parade. But, you know, uh, those guys will be safe on the water. But the people on land, oh, boy. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, last night was just uh, no bueno for me. Uh, we've got the uh, uh, got the Bugs Bunny gif, of course, him chopping off Florida from the rest of the United States. And uh, yeah. I think it's warranted here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, there, there's some images here of what looks more like a rave than a lightning championship there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> the Stanley COVID they won. Oh, boy. So so there you go. Uh, just goons. Just, just goons. All right. Just just goons. Enjoy your cup victory. Listen, uh, the Panthers fans, we can't afford to do uh, this insanity right here that the Lightning fans are doing. There's only 20 of us, all right? It's going to decimate our fan base down to 10 if we get COVID. So we just can't, we can't afford it, all right? Enjoy yourselves, but we'll check back in two weeks. Uh, any goons from you guys? Um, I thought I had one. But given circumstances, I was a little <laughs> ill-approached. Um, I, I know I always crap on Skip Bayless, so that's a oh, little bit too easy. Yeah. So I'm actually going to go He's with like... He's like the eternal goon. I think what I'll do is I'm just going to kind of do it as... How, how do we... Do, do we want to be nice to goons? Yeah, I guess my... It, it's tough. It's goon tough redemption? No. Goon redemption? Goon redemption? I mean, there's always yeah. possibilities. There's always you know, a possibility a goon could become an MVP one day. Yeah, you know, do, do they have a chance of doing a goon redemption? That's that's too much hope going on. You know, we don't want to believe in that. But I, I'll, for the sake of consistency and for the sake of all things consistent, um, Rob Manfred, you're still a goon. There, that's my uh, goon because right. I had a guy. That's an internal goon as well. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll divert it. I will give a goon. If you the NFL is the Titans and the Vikings have a whole lot of a spread and you still plan on playing the games for the respective teams for the Titans at the Steelers and whoever the hell the Vikings are going on because oh, yeah. you've had ample time to prepare for this you have not so best of luck that's all I got yeah I don't think there's a taxi squad for these teams 
All right, so, so Goondication has to be a segment in the future. Freddy, uh, I, I like that idea. Because you know, there's going to be a guy who sees the light and then donates money to the Humane Society and saves a baby from a fire. So I, we table that now. Yeah. All right. So I, we're at the halfway point, or we're well past it, really. But we had to get our lightning uh, love fest. Andrew, we dedicated the first half of the show completely to the lightning. So there you go, oh, man. Congratulations on your trip. This is this is the first time that one of our teams yep. uh, won a ma- one of the major North American pro uh, championships since this show has begun. So, so uh, we'll check back in a week and a half and see if we'll be celebrating again. Hopefully, hopefully we shock the world in the NBA. And uh, you know the Marlins meet the Rays of the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, to one of you, go f yourselves. So, <laughs> Look, love, I'm not going to lie, this is, I, I want it to be you and me, because it, it's it's 2003 redemption, Jeter B, it would be perfect. Oh, no. Uh, Come on. We're, we're going to throw Stanton that, that, that slider low in a way, as, as always. It's a double revenge. <laughs> All right, so uh, a word from our non-sponsors here. So we're at the, the halfway point. It's not just about Valorant, guys. All right. Not everything's free to play. Sometimes you get to pay for the things that you love, like Andrew is when he's going to buy this lightning jersey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who wants to start for for this week? I could start. Yeah, oh, alrighty then. So, normally I go with food, but today, mm. you know, Destiny dragged me into a different mark. I came home. My I poor puppy. You were playing Destiny. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> no, it's been a bit. I should probably go and continue to just to finish it for story's sake, but that's a different story for a different day. Right. My puppy wasn't feeling well, obviously. Oh. Old big boy. Left a little bit of mess of the old diarrhea. It's probably because I gave him some uh, french fries from Wendy's last night. Of course, that was originally going to be my last all the french fries you gave him Wendy's, no wonder he... Yeah, but I, I tried the new pretzel bun, and that would have been my non-sponsor, but like I said, there's greater calling sometimes. So puppy wasn't feeling well. I'm checking around the house. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. I go to this certain place because I had to get a whole bunch of cleaning supplies because, you know, there's a difference between when you got a chocolate bar and you got, you know, chocolate cake, and you got to clean up and different things. So I live right by Walmart. I know I'm giving in to the big machine, but my non-sponsor is Walmart for just having what I need. I had to get bleach. I had to get some pet odor smells. I had to get, you know, some um, paper towels. I already had paper towels, but I knew I was at least going to go through a big portion of the roll. So, you know, and then I got him a little doggy tree. He's sensitive. He's a sweet boy. 10-pound pit bull hound mix. Not 10-pound, 10-year-old pit bull hound mix, 130 pounds. You know, we do what we can. So I got my cleaning supplies in there. I bought some, like, you know, fabric refresher too because my my suits in my car are kind of smelling a little funky so before i go to the cleaner i'll just spruce them up a little bit get a wedding over the weekend so walmart you got what i need it was pretty easy to go in there and get my uh, little cash drives that's fine you know i i personally and i know it comes at the expense of some jobs but i like the self-checkouts because i worked in retail for a very long time so i don't sweat bag no groceries i'm kurt warner up in this right here you know, bag groceries and win a Super Bowl ring. So Walmart, thanks for having my stuff. God, I hate it. Usually it's Amazon, but, you know, <clears throat> had to go over there. So give that shout out. Um, they also do, for anybody buying video games, they have low-priced 
they have lower price gaming because new games that come out, they won't charge 60 it will be 50 It will be interesting to see what happens when the next-gen consoles come out. They'll do the same rate. I doubt that they would, but <laughs> hey. you can get a next-gen console. Ah, yeah, that's a discussion for a different day. Yeah. Coming into it, because I can get it for, like, dirt cheap. A lot I can of get pre-order uh, disasters happening over the last couple weeks. I've never had a pre-order problem. It's where I just show up and I get it. Like, I got a Switch, not a Switch, but a Wii, when it was so in high demand at a Toys R Us one day. I'm like, hey, you got this? Yeah. Walmart will probably have that. Walmart is the place where you want to shop, right? Whether or not they are actually cheaper than what you think are, we're deluded to believe so. But in these times of the uh, the Rona, I'd rather just get my stuff, not interact with people, go myself, check out, and get the stuff that I need. So Walmart, my non-sponsor, promo code... Um, Promo code great value. I'll be cheesy today. So, uh, Freddie asks about uh, Wendy's, by the way. He okay, asked you, how was so, it? Um, I'm a steal. I'll have two sponsors for today. So, <laughs> Wendy's, my other non sponsor. I tried their pretzel uh, bun pub burger. I liked it, but the meat, they have a chicken in a meat form, or I'm sorry, they have, of course, chicken's meat. They have a chicken in a hamburger form. I have the hamburger form. The the toppings on it were very tasty. The cheese was melted because I think it was curd cheese. The bacon was strong, like good, crispy, thick bacon, like thick, like Donald Trump meme thick with <laughs> a little bit of pickles in there. Um, the meat itself was a little bit uh, less flavorful because I think they, imp- they impose to, on the pretzel bun more than putting in some seasoning because I do love me Wendy's uh, meal burgers. They're one of the few restaurant fast food. And I haven't done fast food in a while because I've been good because I'm trying, you guys. Mm. But, oh, man, it was so tasty. But I liked it. I'm more excited to try out the chicken form of it with home style or spicy. And I think that that will be definitely going. So it's pretty reasonable price. Try it out. You can try out if you want the chicken. I did the hamburger. It was it was good, like a seven on the Richter scale of things. I still love me the um, oh man, bacon there is still so nasty, good in their barbecue and their hot stuff. But I liked it. I think they actually would have benefited from some jalapenos, but this is what a pub burger might be, right. whatever that means, right? It's all debatable because I've never seen a pub burger that has kind of like a melted cheese curd. But I liked it. Um, the honey mustard was good. I love me some fried onions on there in the burger. So that's my double for you. That's my double, and that's probably what gave my dog an issue, the fries that came in it. But they also do have pub-style fries, so um, I promise you guys, when I go and clog my arteries for the for the chicken sandwich, I'll get the fry size as well, and a version of it. <laughs> All right, uh, so... Francisco, I sent in Freddy's non-sponsor. Oh, I see. Uh, let me see. Well, you can talk about yours while I try to upload this. Sure. Um, so my non-sponsor, uh, hopefully I haven't talked about them, or maybe I did. Have I talked about Cheerwine? You, I mean, you mentioned them, of course, but you might as well elaborate. We could put it up on the screen here. Yeah, I, I, I feel it's fitting considering, but, uh, my non-sponsor is Cheerwine. Cheerwine is a cherry soda which, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is the greatest soda that I have ever had. Pure wine, which is based out of Salisbury, North Carolina, has been produced since 1917. It is damn good. Oh, it is so good. Um, A friend of mine introduced it to me a while back. 
Um, I thought it was so good, but I hadn't seen it again until um, Four Rivers, uh, which is a barbecue place in Orlando. They have it on tap. Ooh. Oh. And we've talked about Four Rivers before, too. So Yes, we have. It's you know two birds in the bush mentality right here, guys. And, oh, my God, Charles. Oh. Listen, I'm telling you now, once, you know, if, if the CV ever disappears, this can be attempted. We, we're okay on that theory. Where's the nearest location? I think it's in Orlando, right? Or no, there's one in uh, Coral Spring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Do you think they would have it there, or you don't know? What cheer wine? Yeah. Of course, they all of them have cheer oh, wine. Ah, I see. All right. But hold on, Charles. Tell me, Dime. They have Krispy Kreme flavored cheer wine. Are you what? effing kidding me? I mean, on one end, I have to try it. <laughs> But on the other end, so side note, remember when I went to North Carolina and South Carolina and I had the um, the donut burger? That's all that popped into my mind. So for those who don't remember, Charles went to the Carolinas last year and he right. had a burger that had the uh, glazed donut as a bun and it was delicious beyond belief. That's all I would get. And so, I mean, it's really just sugary sweetness, right? If you're doing sheer wine with Krispy Kreme, it's basically the equivalent of Mountain Dew before they ruined it by changing. Yeah, they have know, an ice sugar. cream, Andrew. You can make an ice cream. Ooh, cheer yeah. wine, barbecue, pulled pork. Is that, you know, is that a baser that they have in there? Like how they said they have the Jack Daniels. These, Ooh, what these a are grab. recipes. What a grab. Right Ooh, gotcha. Um, and let's see. The donut yeah, 10 pages of this thing. The brown and um, another thing, uh, yeah, one, true. I know this, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but um, there is a restaurant at UCF, Charles, named Burger U, that has a Krispy Kreme milkshake. I'll be you why would you want to drink a donut-flavored soda? Why wouldn't you want to drink a donut-flavored soda? <laughs> I, I think you Aside guys. Aside from I, knocking years off of your life, but Charles has already done that with his KFC Cheeto sandwich. Damn right, guys. I think if I didn't work out often, I would just be like a habitual. I would look like Homer Simpson in the Mumo. Like seriously, because I I'm just that guy who has to experiment stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, I just saw the Cheerwine Texas Pete wings. I love me some Texas Pete hot sauce. It's bad for me, but I love it. Then they have Southern Cheer. Okay, well I'm gonna die. That's great. <laughs> Oh wow! They got pops, Pudge pops, a Brussels that, that, sprouts. That what the hell awesome. is that? No, no. But the the pops though, Charles doesn't want any healthy green in his body unless it's lettuce on a burger. Get your shit straight. Right. But um, but I can get behind the pops. I uh, can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, uh, of course, lots of different drinks here. You through whiskey, Miles. Yeah, might as well. Come on, might as well. Let's go. Let's have a party. So, cheer wine, man. It's freaking delicious. And guys, um, they sell cheer wine at Publix now. Oh. Which is why, which is how I've been able to procure it. And I, I highly, highly recommend. It is seriously, absolutely delicious. And they sell them in those glass bottles, which is even awesomer. Because I, there's something about 
those glass, drinking it straight out of the cold fridge, out of a bottle, a glass bottle, that's just so satisfying. I think all sodas taste better out of a glass bottle. Yes, it's 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 undeniable. It's it's a fact. It's it's verify it's a verifiable fact that soda tastes better out of a, a cold soda tastes better out of a glass bottle. I, I bet there's a science. Uh, I, I I bet there's a in some sort of science magazine, some uh, university study that has confirmed that. I would think yeah. so. I mean, crushed ice basically ends wars if you ever go to Sonics and they just make it with the crushed ice for a soda that you want. So well, that's the next equivalent besides the cold bottle. Oh, Charles. Glasses. Charles, you'll love this then. Guess what sort of ice they have at Four Rivers? Well, obviously it has to be the popular Th- this one. This Four Rivers one. sounds like a magical place every time you talk about it, man. It is, it is, it is a magical place, gentlemen. But yeah, Charles, the only ice they have is crushed ice. Yeah, then then they they're they're quality taste. Yeah, that's what it is. They're quality taste. They understand. They you know, they they could be the ones that be like, Oh hey, you got like five roaches and two dead bodies in your kitchen but you got crushed ice, you have a variety of you know, sloppy food, you run a slop shop, but you know, it's good. And then I can't believe this is turning into a non-sponsor for Four Rivers, but okay. Double it. I doubled it. Uh, Let's all go for a double. The Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. Let's do it. The the piece de resistance for Four Rivers, Charles, which I know is right up your alley, is they have a rewards program, and if you eat there enough, you get a a plaque with your name that you can put on the restaurant. Of course. So let me ask you guys this. Since we're a sports show, and I'm going to tie it all together. If I go to a sub shop that has a sub called The Monster, and I've eaten there twice, and they only started putting the photos of it ex post facto months, and of course this is like seven years later, um, now, am I entitled to get my photo taken anyway? You know, because it's a competition of me just competition versus me and father time but you know it's a competition damn it you know i mean do you have verify verifiable proof that you i i of course believe you but they're going to say what proof do you have you know granted it's like seven years ago but exactly. i would basically pull out my whole grandpa from the boondocks and like listen here young fella <laughs> I don't know if I eat that way anymore, though. That, that's the thing. And then there's a place called Brooklyn Joe's that has this big-ass pie of pizza. That's right, folks. I say pie of pizza. I don't say pizza pie. Um, that will, if you eat it, you get it free. You can only bring, like, a one other person, companion, to eat with you. And I want to because I can just have, like, it's a never-ending trash bag, you know, or a trash supply. It's a trash supply. It's basically New Jersey in my tummy when it comes to pizza. I only oh minimize it for for health reasons. Um, so, like, I, I want to compete it, Brooklyn Joe's, but I, I never found, like, the cohort because no one wants to die. They want to, oh, my God, look, I'm 31. It's not like a 25. My my good years are almost closed and not clogged up, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Four Rivers has my attention. And Cheerwine has my curiosity, especially if I can get some, oh, fuck, I'll do the Krispy Kreme donut Cheerwine. Someone's got to. Yeah. Guys, you ungrateful people. Someone has to do this out there in the world. 
There's kids starving in Africa who don't have anything, so we have to live it out there. What is the purpose of Twitter posts and social media if no one can verify how good something is? I took the L on the Cheetos, and you know what the L was for? For love. Mm. Yes. All righty then. Uh, so, all right, I guess I'll go. I might as well. Let, let, let's uh, let's reset here, man. Uh, some some heavy hitters today. All right, guys. So, uh, I guess the past couple, the past week or a uh, couple weeks, let's just say. I've been on a bit of a kick lately. When I get all my kicks, I get all my kicks, all right? I, I straight up get obsessed with things when, whenever I, like, I, I, I'll listen. Like, if I like a song, like, if I just love a song, just I'll listen to it, like, a hundred times within the course of a week. And only that song. I'll put it on repeat day in and day out. So, um, guys, I, 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 I'll, I'll say this, man. I, I, can, I can go into some weeb faces. All right, all right. I get into a bit of a weeaboo phase every every now and again, and Charles, you know this. Yeah, I've been talking about anime. All right, oh, so um, there's one particular one on Netflix that I think people should watch because it's it's just stupid. <laughs> of course, lots of anime is stupid. I think most anime is stupid, but it, it's good stupid sometimes. All right, I'm not gonna talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm not. I can't get into that. Is that a JoJo reference? <laughs> I, I'm just not. Uh, oh, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole, dude. I'm afraid to, to be honest. There are some animes I really am afraid to get into. Uh, but it was just you know Netflix. You know, you watch one anime and it keeps like now it's all anime on my suggestions. So, uh, one that popped out for me. And I don't know why it resonated with me, but it's called Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's on Netflix. It's about uh, these two dudes. It's, you know, high school kids. It's not one of those slice of life animes. It's it's a pretty... Uh, it's kind of not really out there. It's about this dude. He's like this gigantic muscular dude that was like pretty good at playing basketball in middle school and then once he joined high school he was really good at drawing manga specifically shoujo manga was just like you know girly romantic comedy type manga and so just imagine if like a dude bro just started writing girls manga and that's uh nozaki that's the the main character of the story and and this girl chio who loves the guy but he's so oblivious and uh, doesn't know like he's just focused on his manga the entire time so it's about his interactions and where he gets his ideas from uh, for his manga and it was written of course by a guy who made manga and it's basically like a, a parody of manga creators and manga writers and things like that so you know there's some references to the industry and things like that but it's funny I I like it I think it's funny I think it's pretty cool uh, I've just kind of been on a kick lately, and I've seen this show like three or four times already, and I'm finding references and I'm laughing. So, uh, I just, <laughs> Moomin Rider's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna ride a bicycle and just throw it at people. 
He's just uh, trying to do good deeds, all right? He ain't special. He's one of us. What if you were a superhero? You'd probably just, yeah, all you can do is throw your bike at you. Uh, all right, so, so yeah, that's that's one non-sponsor. Um, I, I can't even think of a, of a promo code for this one, man. Uh, I, I, I'll get, whatever. I, I, I'll think of one for the next one that I got. Since you guys got two, I'll do a second one here. Uh, because I've been watching a lot of anime, I've been on a kick for Japanese food. And one of the things that I've always wanted to make, but I've never had a chance to, is ramen. And not like instant yeah. ramen. Like I mean like legit, like, you know, make the freaking, um, you know, get the concentrate, get the broth, get the, the, the pork and the, the noodles and, and just do it myself. Don't just stick it in the microwave and do it. No, just get the stove top and just go at it so um i i, I don't even know what this is I, I just looked on amazon for tonkotsu ramen and uh just some of the the bone broth and things like that just the base just the base for the soup and then i got it from there and so a couple of days ago i made ramen for the first time ever it was touch and go at the beginning but i think i can finally perfect it on my second run through but man, I love Tokotsu ramen, guys. It is it is a delight. It is beautiful. It is one of the treats that that uh, now that I have unlocked the ability to do so, it's I think I've become OP with regards to my cooking skills. Now I can make arepas and I can make ramen. Uh, I, I what else can I do from here? All right, this is it. All right, this is this is the peak of my cooking skills. I've I've achieved everything. I've hundred percent at cooking. So Tonkotsu ramen. Uh just for <laughs> what? You know, we just need to get you like dessert and then you're just the ultimate uh you know chef right there. Oh I can make oh oh baking baking is easy, dude. I love ba- baking uh, aside from I got that... I got terrified making funfetti for my uh <laughs> one of my buddies' birthday cakes because I was tasked with doing it at like the little birthday party like two years ago. So yeah, Tokotsu ramen guys. Um uh promo code, I don't know, Moe. I don't I, just Moe. Alright. If you guys don't know what Moe is, look it up and then you know, go down that rabbit hole. Alright. Uh listen, just give me the beam saber and I'm son- I'm Travis Touchdown. That's basically what I am. Or right. we can draw little whiskers on you and you'll be Naruto because he yeah. loves the hell out of ramen. Nah. <laughs> Nah. Oh my god, can you say believe it for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> believe it? Believe that? Mm. I don't know. All right, so yeah, that, those are my non-sponsors. That's that's it. Uh let's uh let's get into the second half of our show finally. Wait, a reference? Yeah, that's what he yeah. just said. Sorry, I was away from the computer for a sec. Yes. So uh, we're we're back here, second half. Uh, Yankees are up five to two now, in their game. Uh, the Rays took care of the Jays in game one, so that game is over. So uh, let me actually move this so you guys can actually see the score to that game. But uh, but yeah, uh, one zip. Rays just need to win one more. Same thing for the White Sox and the Astros to move on to the division series. All right, so we're in the second half of our show. Uh, NFL, 
happened. The Atlanta Falcons are a cursed franchise. And I, I don't think there's any more evidence needed after what happened last their last game. Uh, need I say more, Charles? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. you know, I. how do you, I mean, how, so, how does this thing happen? This you know, people how. were getting on the Buffalo Bills, uh, but then, of course, they were able to pull it out. But, man. I mean, may I? May I take this from the yeah, top? Yeah, sure. I mean, As a man who has both Matt Ryan and Ty Gurley and his fantasy stuff, I love it when they blow it up because that <laughs> means they got to, you know, you know, come back and win. And it helps me get that. Side note, Charles. Charles changed his names. He went from Big Papa Pump and then the Argentina Yates to now Trash or Trujillo or Trujillo, however you say my name <laughs> these days. And I motivate both sides of the win. I'm very happy. I just wanted one win because I've been retired for a couple of years. It's good. But it's pretty simple. You don't Mike McCarthy it, uh, and you've been Mike McCarthying it harder than Mike McCarthy ever Mike McCarthyed. You know, you are big macking Mike McCarthy in it, Dan Quinn, and you really shouldn't be employed anymore. We said they should fire him last year, and then everybody who was in support of him was like, well, we had a good spat, a good second half. So, I mean, you want to settle on mediocrity? That sounds like a team who blows a 25-point lead would settle on in the Super Bowl settle for mediocrity. But then this, this week, it's, what, three blown wins now? And they're wins. And it's undisputed wins, too. It's like if this happened to anybody else, they would have been able to lock, pop, and seal it like they're, you know, a freaking professional, unlike Dan Quinn. And, they Falcons. and don't get me wrong, the Falcons have a bad secondary. They are not that good. We understand that. But you have an offense that is Matt Ryan, top, bottom 10, top, bottom top 10 quarterback. Uh, we can talk about that at a different point. You have Julio Jones, even though he was out, is still classic and essential. Calvin really is just blossoming into just a tour de force. And then Todd Gurley, that if you feed him the ball, <laughs> he can control the clock. And, yes, there's fumbles. And yes, maybe there's like one pick, but you're literally throwing the game away to Nick Foles. And listen, we all love Nick Foles on the show. Big Dick Nick, baby. Big Dick Nick, we love him. We love him. And he's just, the guy, he, he will, you have to understand, once you start Nick Foles, it is the beginning of the end of your team's other quarterbacks. It is chemically known. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz looks like trash. I know it's two years removed, but still, it's a lingering effect. Destroyed. Last game. Yes. What do they look like? Uh, you've lost me here. I, I got so I got so deep into my thoughts. <laughs> you said they look like trash. Yes. Oh, yes. How do you say trash? Trash. Uh uh-uh. You're not saying it the right way. Trash. <laughs> oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, dude, I was too into it. I was too into it. No, but here's the thing. Like, the trash is like, a, it, it's a jape. It's a jape, man. Tra- and you guys should know this by now. Trash is a jape because there's some acknowledgement. But no, this is like proverbial trash. This is Oscar the Grouch will like get a real estate agent to help set up their home kind of trash. 
This is a, like, this is trash that the brave little toaster was afraid to get thrown away into, along with Woody from Toy Story. This is legitimate trash. Yeah. Losing to Nick Foles. Like, that's the, that's the, the piece of trash right there. It's trash with capital T. It's a trash. I mean, granted, everybody says trash is really trash. Looking at you, George Springer, uh, Bregman, how, the twins, how dare you allow them to have competitive advantage? Unfair. Trash. Trash. Um... <laughs> Uh, I went too deep into it, and you brought me out of it. But bringing back into it is that uh, Nick Foles destroyed Carson Wentz after a long period of time. Nick Foles, kind of Minshew mania, we love him because it's kind of sexy, and I'm understanding so that Minshew mania replaced Nick Foles, but Nick Foles was reinstated as so that's my logic coming into it. Um, you know, it, it, Minshew mania is cute, but Jaguars are like still going Trevor Lawrence. Hell, I would even say the Kansas City Chiefs, did they have Alex Smith when Nick Foles was their backup and had to start one game? I think he did. Look what happened now. Buss is like, Nick Foles will get you. Nick Foles is really just, he's the reaper. We just need to change him from Big Dick Nick because when it's, he's popped in to be your starting quarterback for a season, for a game, for anything, unless it's being put into action, when your coach makes that determination, he's like, we're going to start him. It's over. Mitch Trubisky, he's gonna, you know, just he's gonna be out of the league in a year. Not gonna be able to reevaluate his life. It's game over. And he didn't even play that badly because you got to remember what's the difference between what Nick Foles did this weekend and what Mitch Trubisky did in the beginning of the season to come back against Lions. I know the obvious answer is the fact that he didn't overthrow people that were wide open, but Nick Foles will. Let's not forget that Nick Foles will. But you know what? This is what you trade him for. This is what you renegotiated his contract. But bring it back to the Falcons for. Just trash. The the Bears are trash because I don't feel that they're legitimate. You know, I don't feel that they're. You know who? You know who really? I remember trash? we had this it's conversation racing. about the NFC North being trash. Yeah, and we did. And you know what? They're like three and zero. Oh, trash, and it's so prevalent. I'm still on it right now. I'm gonna ride this hate train until the end of the season. Green Bay's still trash, and I'll accept it. Aaron Rodgers still trash, and I'll accept it. But for Atlanta, it's just incompetence. It's insecurity. It's ineptitude. It's ineptitude. And they don't know how to close. That offense is so good. That defense is bad. Yes, Grady Jarrett is probably your only star player coming into it. I can't really um, go into think who else is there. Skiano is still playing, or did his body just break down to it? But come on, man. When your next best guy is Rodrigo Blankenship on a term of being a clutch kicker or a clutch player aside from your offense, it's time to reevaluate yourself. And it's really just coming down to the coaching. Dirk Cotter, I believe, is still their offensive coordinator. Maybe you got to switch that up a little bit. And this is really just on Arthur Blank, who really is sadly great guy, good humanitarian, maybe, complete goon as an owner because the only person who gives so many chances more than Arthur Blank is um, also the difference Steve with the Ross. opponent. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. But it, but still, like Atlanta, Atlanta has been or could have beaten good teams. They just messed up. Bringing it back um, is Jerry Jones just doesn't want to fire anybody. And the Falcons, I think, irritate me because I don't know if we want a Tom Brady winning division in the NFC South, and we might be getting that now. I mean, and I want to kind of stop that train a little bit. Ah, oh, well, I mean, the Saints aren't helping. They are not helping. They're one and two to start out. So uh, I want to let, let, let's transition about that real quickly. Is it the old man steep cliff that happens, or is it because Michael Thomas has been that offense so much that you need Thomas and Kareem Hunt, or not Kareem Hunt, sorry, Alvin Kamara to make you look good? You know, I if mean, it's up to speed. That defense is the problem. I don't think it's Michael Thomas is the, not playing is the problem. Yeah. 
I mean, you give up 37 points. That's, I mean, they, remember, they put up 30. A 30 should be enough to win you a game in the NFL. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's 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 on the lack of the offense. It has to be the defense in this in this regard. So, I mean, the Saints, uh, they lost 37-30 this game. And what the hell is going on with my app here? Gosh darn the NFL app. All right. Oh, and <clears throat> Francisco. Yeah. We are in round they put up 44 in the game the against the Raiders, so and they gave up 34. So uh, the defense is just giving up tons and tons of points. Francisco, what happened? We're in round 45 of a shootout here. <laughs> As was it? Was it Freddie? Freddie? Uh, the AI is very lacking in this game. <laughs> I think they've tried. The, I think every single. Okay, actually, that was a probably different shot there. I might have to actually. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna go forever. Uh, I I might just have to end this myself. No, keep it going. Oh no, it's too late now. It's too late. I need something running in the background. <laughs> that isn't an oh, endless. Oh come on! That isn't an endless shootout like uh, like the one I witnessed with the Panthers the other uh, against the the Capitals. Um, all right, so yeah, I think the Saints' issue is their defense. It's just that's. Um, I, I don't think it's on the part of the offense in this one. It's, they've done all that they can do. All right, so there, there's that game. Uh, let's go back to week three. Where are we here? Uh, okay, the Dolphins, of course, defeated the Jaguars. Yeah, Some semblance of hope for the fans or the Jaguars being the Jaguars. I don't know, but it's a feel-good win. I liked it. It might be a Thursday night type of weirdness that of course happens uh you had the Bengals and the eagles having a tie so once again um, another fraudulent philadelphia franchise trash yeah yeah and don't uh, you feel bad for joe burrow who's actually playing well given the fact that hey. he's getting he's getting shot more times by nfl linebackers than 50 cent was before he started rapping fully <laughs> he he that hit was hard man yeah. and he brings him in he's competitive and he, you know, he still makes those rookie mistakes, whatever that means in today's world, because you'll have some rookies who are electric and some rookies that are just he's bad. he's done as well as he can in these first three games with the Bengals. I like what I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, they've, they just have to protect them. They just, they, and they need to get, they need to develop that team around them. This is, this is year, year one, I guess you could say, of yeah. this. So, um, I guess good on them for at least tying the Eagles. Uh, that's an accomplishment at the very least. Uh, but the Eagles are a fraudulent franchise. Well, so. on, on the defense of the Eagles, this is the consequence of investing big-time money on short-term contracts with people, and now everybody's injured, and you can't really make those trades. Now you can't renegotiate those contracts. Alshon Jeffrey, you know, you, you signed him to a one-year deal two years back, He's doing good. You put him big money. This guy was injury prone even in Chicago, yep. and he hasn't played for almost two seasons. I think coming into or close to it, Deshaun Jackson. Why? Why did you? We need a speedster. Go draft a speedster. You know, uh, the Ravens got Duvernay in the second or third round from Texas. There's always a replacement for a speedster. We just want speedsters who run routes. But Deshaun Jackson hasn't been doing anything, and now he has a hamstring injury. Um, you drafted Jalen Rager. I think he got hurt. That happens. That's life, right? Because for that rookie, it's going to be hard to get acclimate, acclimated to maybe some of the routes, maybe some of anything. I'm just going to give him the benefit of doubt. Dallas Goddard, 
small ankle fracture, and then Zach Ertz is still around, and then Miles Sanders got injured. So, yes, I kind of get that. And this is what I think about Carson Wentz because, what, his first year as a rookie, he went 7-9, and nine, and then they proceeded to progress, and then they got to the World Oh, not the World Series. I'm sorry. I'm watching baseball as this happens. Um, they got Hakeem Butler signed to the There we go. A Cardinals cast-off who was not even in the Cliff Kingsbury pseudo-air raid um, mm. offense, which is just run and, like, don't even run out. Just go do verts and then pray that your quarterback can catch it. But with Wentz, it's it's – you should know the talent that's around you, and not every quarterback is going to maximize that talent and make you better, but you can at least either A, develop routes within the scheme and the skills of the players, or B, try not to do the fancy plays, man, because it's when you get those picks that hurts. Granted, they've also had some injuries off the offensive line, but I, I put it on him for a reason because he's the one that has the most money. And when you pay these quarterbacks this 25 to $30 million salary a year, even on their poor performance, you can't really get them out or renegotiate the contract without them eating up a good portion of your ta- of your salary cap. So what are you going to do? And the Yanks just hit a homer. I told you. I Oh, and look at that. I told you guys. You can talk that smack during the damn season. But we needed healthy dudes. Glaber Torres, I love you so much. We needed this because I was afraid of Shane Bieber and we heard him. We'll lose the next two games, but fine, I'll take one. Bringing it back. So... If you're the guy who's eating up a a good thirty percent of a team's salary cap, then maybe, just maybe, you should uh, scheme it out well. But that's all I got on the Eagles. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm gonna rattle these off because we're we're running up on time here, and I want to talk about the Heat because I think we deserve to talk oh, yeah. to, we about, deserve the about the Heat. Yeah. We deserve all right. it. Yeah. So all right. So uh, Raiders losing to the Patriots, thirty six twenty. Yeah. Oof. Uh, both New York teams are awful. Crash. Uh, I don't. Uh, Adam Gay should not be working in the NFL ever again. Uh, let's see. The uh, the Seahawks beat the Cowboys. So Russell Wilson. Good game. Uh, gosh darn it, man! Get that man an MVP. Uh, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks, twenty-eight ten over the Broncos. The Lions actually win a game, so they beat the Cardinals. Uh, Last-minute field goal. Uh, and of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes beating Lamar Jackson. It, La fraud Jackson. Real quickly on that. Oh, Madden curse. Madden curse. Especially I when watched... you're you're on the on the cover of one of the worst Maddens ever. Yeah, I, I watched the entire game because I was so anxious about finally winning a fantasy football that I watched it. And I'll tell you this: it's more on Greg Roman and John Harbaugh for trying to be cute. Yes, I know guys missed open catches or, you know, they, they missed catches that were easy to catch, but still, 97 yards is kind of bad. Just, you, you got all these running backs running up, man, and I know your line's not that great, but I don't know what to tell you because if you take away the special team of DuVernay getting that touchdown, you, you were, it was not as close as it looked offensively, so that's the thing you gotta do. What made us 14-2? and two, How good are we? And also just understand that Patrick Mahomes is going on football god level because he had like two deep throws one of them was a touchdown that he got belted and he still did it i don't know i don't know how he he awes me and amazes me and i would love to see him again in the playoffs for the times to get that redemption win but it's not mm. gonna happen because we'll get destroyed like 35 to 2 but damn it, we'll get those safeties on oh, we'll see how your team recovers from from all of this uh, oh all right uh, yeah you know. they'll make an excuse <laughs> all right so football Done. 
NBA time. Charles. Francisco. Jimmy Butler. Bam yeah. out of body. Alfred Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson. Right, just, let's, just let's keep going down the list, shall we? Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, man. Uh, Iggy. Andre Iguodala, man. Andre Here Iguodala. We yeah, the Miami Heat, him. LeBron James, and Andre Iguodala, the constants of the last decade in the NBA Finals. Man. What a... Oh, good. What a... I mean, fifth seed, everybody counting us out once we faced off against Milwaukee. Still counting us out. Already planning the Celtics-Lakers finals like the NBA would have loved to have had. But the Heat ain't about that. The Heat are about changing the narrative from what everyone expects to be. And honestly, I've told this... uh, I told this to you guys. I've told it to other people. I, I'm getting some nice, strong 2004 Pistons vibes. I mean, this I is hope. just a this is just a team. These are just a bunch of dudes uh, getting it done. And Jimmy Butler, the ultimate. Uh, you know, I might as well say it. I'm I'm, I'm not going to mince words here. Um, you know, Philadelphia can go fuck off with a PH. All right. Every single one of your franchises is trash. trash. The Flyers are trash. The Sixers trash. are trash. The they Eagles trash. are trash. The Phillies Terrible. are trash. Every it's single one of trash. your bottom feeders with a PH. Every single one of your franchises. Jimmy Butler wasn't the problem in Minnesota. He wasn't the problem in Philadelphia. He wasn't the problem in Chicago. He was the solution in Miami. He was... Uh, and, and, and gosh, Dwayne Wade for recruiting Jimmy Butler to think, you know, when the, the spat, the infamous spat between the heat and Wade, when he went off to Chicago, that was the, the seeds of this happening. The beginning of this, the, the love fest when Wade finally came back here, all that giving us the opportunity to get Jimmy when Philadelphia realized they couldn't handle a man, as you call him, Charles. A man. Jimmy wasn't ready to play with boys. He wanted to play with men. Guys who who dug hard and dug deep. I mean, the bubble was built for the Miami Heat. I mean, we all know the infamous uh, training regimen for the Miami Heat. I mean, guys go in there. I, guys go in there in the worst shape of their lives and come out in the best shape of their lives. Guys who are notoriously injured suddenly become magically healthy. You know, you know. As soon as they leave Miami, they just become something different. At least the marginal players do. They aren't the same. They wish to be back. And this Miami Heat team, man, I am so proud of these guys. Uh, I know that you have said that losing would be kind of painful. Super but, painful, dude. But for me, I, I am. I, I think we're playing with house money. I honestly do. 
the, these guys, you know what's more dangerous is a team that really has nothing to lose. You, the way they play, these guys do not give a damn about your narratives, about who's on the other side. And so that's why I love these guys. These guys are just are just a team. They are the envy of the other teams in the bubble. The other teams saw how these guys just hanging out with each other. It's just something different. The culture is real. The culture is real. That's, I mean, that is my monologue. You can take it from here. So I'll come in across as the pessimist because I think you put in the optimism. Mm. Oh, yeah. The concern is this. Cocky Miami Heat fan. Right. The concern is essentially that we know we're not supposed to be here, right? And we know, uh, I guess it's a positive lead into negative. We know we're not supposed to be here because everybody fell in love with Philly. Everybody fell in love with Boston. Everybody fell in love with uh, Giannis over there in Milwaukee, not doing anything, but still getting all these accolades and not doing anything. And a year ago, I was like, Jimmy Butler, Philly, trash. Because you just kind of know certain things, certain systems, and it doesn't work out. But in Miami, you saw the rewards. But it wasn't just Jimmy itself. It was literally the team effort putting Goran into the bench for the majority of the season and then putting him in as a starter. Poor Kendrick Nunn. I don't know what he did. The low-key maintenance program. Yeah, I don't know what he did to piss him off, to piss off Spo, but this was the right choice. His his play in the bubble games was not up to snuff. But but everybody's going to have certain things. But that's a smart coach who says, I'm not going to take the whole of a team just to validate a rookie's feelings because a lot of other coaches, I feel, do that. They shield, they hide. That's where the Sixers were doing, man. That's what Minnie was doing when they had Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and all these other things. They, they weren't going to acknowledge a team because they want to have the superstar. But as I think this would be a Pat Riley mantra, why do I want a superstar when all the stars light up the night? And that's what he's built you. Pat, I swear to God, you're allowed to steal that. But just do it and acknowledge our show. One time, come on, because that was so yeah. good, even I got chills from it. Um but we have built very good, solid teams where they're not really – there might be some players who are great, Jimmy. Even Gordon, I'm going to say he's great because he's been playing lights out. But there's other guys who are very good. There's no one who's on that team that's very bad and very concerning. And then we look at the Lakers, aside from Anthony Davis and LeBron James, there's a lot of very bad there. Kyle Kuzma is your third-pass scorer, but he has not scored more than 11 points in the playoffs. JaVale McGee is JaVale McGee. So there's going to be a lot of fouls coming in, and he's going to miss them uh, free throws and brick it out every now and then. Dwight Howard, same thing. Even though I like me some Dwight, you know, I like that he's got a little bit of a redemption arc going back to um, L.A. and doing something. But besides that, Alex Caruso, man, Tyler Hero begs to go get guarded by Alex Caruso. Dougie Robinson, who has the highest three-point shot percentage in the league going into the finals. Begs to go against Alex Caruso. Who else you got? So that's the upside. That's the positivity. I'm like, maybe, maybe we could do it, right? Like the little memes, naming out this, that, 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 Heat and Five, right? But then we get to negative reality. The concern is this. The same answer that I would say to the Lakers, the same answer that I would give to the Heat, is the bright light, is the spotlight too big? Is there concerns? We don't have anybody on this team that can kind of calm us out of the storm 
of being in the finals as a player. Now, we know we got Spo, and hell, we got Pat. But who are we going to have there to be on the floor? This is the furthest Jimmy's gone. This is the yeah. far, furthest Goran's gone. Goran, um, Tyler, uh, Duncan, Tyler. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, and for Bam, I know I did not mention him, but you mentioned him enough. But Bam has, ever since we were watching the damn game on the show, and then the block, I already know it's there. But only one guy can guard AD or LeBron, whereas you go on to the Lakers, LeBron has such a, a chilling presence for being into the finals and being able to make guys not elevated, but stay in the moment. He did that in Miami. Even when they knew they were going to win the first title, what is he telling everybody? It's not over. It's not over. Not until that, that clock runs out. And then he got a little happy and all that stuff. But he has that edge. He did the same thing with Cleveland when he had a lot of young guys mm. um, inexperienced who knew nothing but losing. You know, Because here's the thing. We like Kyrie Irving. I don't like him, but I acknowledge his greatness. Kyrie was a loser. Kevin Love was the epitome of a loser, right? Yeah. Like, great because he's a tall, you know, basketball. He was he was basically the progeny of what Remember a lot that of last, the last of the – of the Cavs team, they almost pulled out game one when they shouldn't have even gotten near to winning that victory. It was only just, you know, J.R. Smith uh, being J.R. Smith that kind of ruined things for them towards the end. But they almost pulled off that, you know, the token one victory in a finals where they, I mean, they didn't win a game and they shouldn't have won a game, but they almost won a game. And that was LeBron. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And we talked about it many, many shows ago, so I can't give it to you. But the importance of a veteran player on a young team is in the game of runs, you want to tell them when to stop and when to keep going. And LeBron has that laser focus. The memes, listen, memes are a basis of life because it's an acknowledgement. And I always, one of my favorite ones are in the quarantine. It's next time I see my barber, he needs to have this intensity. It's LeBron in the finals uh, with that kind of intensity because it's laser-focused. You know, Davis has been playing fantastic. Frank Vogel is a good coach. He had a short strip in Orlando because Orlando's a badly run organization. Um, now they got some consistency going on, but they were kind of like limping anyway to the playoffs, getting into the bubble anyhow. So that's yeah. my thought process on there. But it's frightening because you're so close. And there, I think why it would hit me hard is because I feel this team can beat them if the matchups are well. Because, okay, Bam, I think Bam would get 80, obviously. I think Jimmy being a man, unlike Giannis, who's just going to, I'm going to follow who my coach tells me. There's a big height differential, but Jimmy's going to be on LeBron. And then, you know, Iggy's going to come in. Granted, I don't know, he, he's a little bit slower on that step. I wouldn't necessarily want him on LeBron, but I think you need him on LeBron a little bit to understand the, the, the He'll get the some passing. different looks from both guys, yeah. Yeah, the stop-passing. And Jay Crowder has actually, you know, been playing out um, – very well in these last couple of games, so maybe he can kind of get as long as it doesn't get outpowered. How you want to beat LeBron? Let him shoot the threes. Don't let him try to get on the fast break, and don't let him get like the easy twos up in the post because he'll eat you up. But then, how does our bench compare to Lakers? It's ten times better. And, and you know, Spo. Here's the thing about Spo: nothing set in stone. So he will play with those minutes to put Goron leading the bench, take Goron out, and then you might have Hero who has earned. My concern about a hot shot twenty year old is he's a hot shot twenty year old. So for every time you go seven of thirteen at the th- at the three, you know you might go four of sixteen, right? I would hope that Spo would learn to reel that in at some point. Yeah. I, so, I mean, and, and and for the most part, they have throughout this playoff run. And all I want it to be is if we're going to lose, let it be competitive. But 
when you feel that in your heart of heart, this isn't like Colorado Rockies versus the Red Sox uh, when you knew it was just over, right? No one was like, let's go Rockies. It was the Rockies fans that you know that felt that way, but no one did. I think that was what their second World Series that they got after they broke the curse. I don't yep. remember the yep. year, but it, it, it was a sweep. It was a, it was, it was, you know, the Rockies got lucky. They go from, and then basketball terms. If I can give you the equation, it's not something that had been recent, but I would say it was the Magic versus the Lakers because did that was that sweep or was that four one? I don't remember. It's been so long, but it was really just Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson and yeah. Jameer. For everybody, and Jameer, respect. You're not going to be a player we forget, but you're not going to be a let's haul y'all. But as a point guard who was like a hybrid shooter, you did what you had to do. But it was just inspired yourself. It was like, all right, you could be like the metric. We're just happy to be here. This is great. Thanks, guys. For us, it's like if you think about the matchups, if you think about the coaching, Vogel's also very smart. There's a lot of history there. And even though LeBron says, I'm not going to take this personally, we as Heat fans are taking it personally upon the M degree because wouldn't it feel good? You left us, and we know why you left us, because we didn't want to spend more money. We tried to serenade you with Shabazz Napier. That was a bad move. We told you how we had a plan, but then Dwayne was like, if I don't get paid, I'm out. You know, And then I don't think they mesh well with Bosch, and Bosch you know, was kind of like whistleblowing a little bit. Like, LeBron's very mean to me. And we're like, LeBron, be nice. We didn't give you the power that maybe you saw. I don't know. He's, I, I think he's one of the best generational players out there. And I'll tell you right now, you can say, Jordan, all you want, this is the 10th final, and if you win another ring with a third different team being the catalyst and not a seat warmer, man, that says something. Because you needed Phil Jackson, and I'm saying it for both the Kobe and for the Jordan, because, you know, it's always Jordan and Kobe for a lot of people, but yet nowhere do we get any um, um, Tim Duncan love. Makes no sense to me. But the one thing we would say about Jordan, aside from the Doug Collins time, he always had the same coach coaching him to the finals and winning. Same thing with Kobe. Always had the same coach going to the finals. When with when was LeBron, he had Spo winning those titles. He had uh, Tyron Lue. And now Frank Vogel? Does Frank Vogel speak to you as the, one of the best, if not the best, NBA coach out there? No. Great as a defensive tactician, but they hired Jason Kidd because they were planning on firing him midseason, so let's get somebody in there for LeBron. Did <laughs> Tyron Lue make you feel good? No, because they fired David Black because David Black's like, I don't like this guy. I came from, you know, playing uh, or coaching basketball in Israel or whatever it is uh, in Europe. Like, yeah. whatever. I, I'm trying to get into it. We don't deal with superstars. We just have to do it. So we get Tyron Lewis, like, I'm a former player. What's up? And then with Spo, Spo had a lot of flack, man, in those um, early years, what, you know, going yeah. into it, where they were like, you're riding apprentice, you're just going on a Dwayne Ray's coattails, and then he's like, he's just massaging egos. But the reason why you want the Heat to win, so yeah, that, that's my blurb on LeBron. To win a third title, leading it with all the coaches and all the teams, because he's always seen, aside from the Heat days, he's always hampered and less of talent. Even when he won with the Cavs, I say they weren't as talented as the Heat team were, because Kyrie by himself couldn't lead a team to a playoffs. Kevin Love could not lead himself to a playoffs. Bosch did with Toronto. Wade won a title. Granted, we had Shaq, but he could still lead you to the playoffs. But, you know, that was the most talented era. But for me, you want the Heat to win, and I know I'm stealing my time, but there's an emphasis on it. It's not so much for LeBron gets to go against the team that he loved. It's the fact that Spo can beat LeBron to solidify why he is currently in the active league the second-best coach yeah. in the NBA. Because imagine that. And that's why I, I, you give a little faith to it, because he knows LeBron's weaknesses. He coached him for four years, man. Yeah. All right. 
we'll see what goes down. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. All right. Uh, man, this game is... Man, the AI is horrible in this game. <laughs> they are just standing still now. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, I got to figure out a way to, to end that. All right, so uh, let's... Uh, we're at the two-hour mark here. Uh, just a quick aside, real MVP. I wanted to give a shout-out to Mark Cuban. So if you guys don't know, uh, Delonte West has fallen into hard times since he uh, last played in the NBA. That's an understatement. Yes, it's it's definitely not an understatement. He's homeless now, so uh, I'm sure there's a list of how many how much money he had made over the course of his playing career, and of course there was the controversy with uh, LeBron James and his time in Cleveland. But uh, uh, I think earlier this year, and it's not it, this isn't a brand new thing. People have known that he's been uh, he's fallen on hard times. Uh, for a while now, but I think uh, social media has allowed it to go to a point where somebody finally decided to go and help him. So uh, Delante West, I mean, he's been uh, in his um, in his uh, uh, I guess spiral downward spiral has traveled from place to place and uh, he's consistently losing his money. He's he does have a mental health issue, and I think and that that exacerbates the issues with uh, drugs that he's having. So he's also bipolar, right? Yeah, he, no, he, he was he was he was uh, diagnosed bipolar while he was playing in the NBA, and um, he has refused to seek help for it. Or to maintain himself but uh, finally Mark Cuban just rolled up to a gas station somewhere in Dallas Fort Worth area and picked him up and took him to enter him into rehab I think the NBA Players Association and I think some former teammates are also gonna try and chip in and help him I know that he had he had a uh, uh, kids and I guess um, the mother of the children I think they're they're all separated now um, but I hopefully he gets the help that he um, that he needs and you know for anybody else out there struggling out there you know try and hopefully one can seek some help or have people around you that do help you out and um, you know good on Mark Cuban for doing that you know, a lot of people criticize him and stuff like that. And, and you can find the list of things to hate him for. But he's a pretty damn good basketball owner. Arguably, like, top five. Yeah, I, I mean, just from the fact that he actually cares. Uh, that, in and of itself, is different. And different for a lot of sports franchises. Uh, there's always the rumor that he buys into, like, a Major League Baseball team or something like that. Yeah, I think like one of, uh, he's from Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh Pirates fans are hoping he'll one day buy the Pirates uh, because that could change the face of their franchise. And, and there's 
there's a reason why. I mean, it's just the way he's conducted himself with the Mavericks and what he's done for Dallas. So, real MVP, Mark Cuban. Look at that. Coming from Miami Heat fans. So, all right. I guess we can go off to the cage, right, to finish this out? Yep, and we got actually stuff to talk about. So, hit me with your best shot. Welcome, everybody, to your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Standard disclaimer, as always, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a dance. It is a waltz. It is poetry in motion. It's Charles's fun entertainment, even in times of aggravation, because the evil man that is Vincent Kennedy McMahon What's wrestling really about to me? It's about men and women chasing championships, beating the holy hell out of each other, and some damn, damn good, can I say it one time? Damn good soap opera storylines, because to a degree it's a soap opera to Charles. Gentlemen, G1 Climax is still going on for New Japan for Wrestling. I really hope Toriyano wins, because he's basically a... Um, a, a comedy caricature in wrestling, and I, I love him. I love him. He won the King of Pro Wrestling uh, tournament with that little title that he has. He faced um, Hiroshi Tanahashi with, like, a blindfold on. It's basically looking at a Benny Hill skit. Shout out to him. I'm speeding it up because not a lot of stuff has happened yet wrestling except for WWE. AEW, Cody's back. He's got black hair. They're building up into it. We talked about being the elite. I watched a new one today. Not as funny, but it's okay. The Dark Order still makes me appreciative. There's going to be a mystery opponent tomorrow against John Moxley on Dynamite because Lance Archer has the Rona, so they're not going to have his um, title shot on there. Wrestling's weird because in Florida, which is both where AEW and WWE are doing things, we're in full phase three. So we are on the strong possibility that if Vince McMahon and Tony Khan do not put in some standards of procedures of how to deal with this and interaction of their talent everybody and their mother's going to get sick as performers, and Charles is not going to be having any new wrestling, and we're all going to be stuck watching old 1990s WWE Raw Attitude Era, and then AEW is just going to be you know thrown to the winds because that would kill them. I'll tell you that right now. If you do not have, and, and I know I'm going a little bit offbeat than I usually go, but that, that hit me of the reality of the world today to be AEW, to be a year in, trying to celebrate your year anniversary by making big title shots for John Art uh, for John Moxley versus Lance Archer, and then imagine if that outbreak is mega, and you're not putting into the idea that talent works for us, and that we are subservient to TNT and TBS and Turner Corporation, and what those consequences might be for us. what it, what happens with a typical network show, even if you sign a contract, um, if you have low consecutive ratings, you get canceled, right? That's always the concern for shows like Community. Barely could survive, and they had to go to the networks. That could be that, too. There's no guarantees. They make their money through the advertisement routine. And now you know what? Now sports is over, gentlemen. Now there's no NBA basketball to advertise AEW wrestling to people. So if you couldn't latch on to anybody, then it's gonna, not going to help I you. Think and the then, most you'll get is the playoffs for MLB because TBS has some games. Yeah, but I don't I, I, I don't know if they would cross promote it that way, but maybe you get it. Maybe. Um I mean I like I like wrestling and I like baseball, so maybe that kind of demographic does watch it. Wrestling, all intents and disclaimers, doesn't have a particular kind of person. It's not NASCAR. When I think NASCAR, I think of people with blue overalls that after a couple of Jack Daniels thinks their sister's attractive. That's me on NASCAR. 
And granted, I know that's a stereotype and everything, but NASCAR never appealed to me. With wrestling, we're just kind of weird people. We either like sweaty men in leotards or scantily clad women. It's okay. That can be anybody, right? It's 2020. Let's just live with that. Yeah. But you imagine what those consequences would be. And also, I mean, Ring of Honor, New J- I mean, Japan has handled it well enough to now they're even doing live events. Vince would muck it up because his Thunderdome... Um, contract over the Melee Arena is expiring, so what? And then with AEW, you're doing it at Jacksonville, but you've had um, positive tests, and now it's kind of affected a little bit because you've postponed a AEW Heavyweight Championship match by several weeks. And that, that, that that's one, it's building the star Lance Archer, so I really hope the Murderhawk does not, and I love his name, but I really hope the Murderhawk does not lose that momentum and his storyline push but then who else could contract it, right? Because what if it's your champions who contract it? The big draw of the Wednesday Night War is NXT is upping its game by having more title defenses because they don't have a lot of pay-per-views. they got one next week. We're going to see what the build is in there. Maybe I'll talk about that briefly. And then um, AEW doesn't have a lot of pay-per-views set up. So imagine trying to watch a wrestling show where, yes, you get some good drama for non-titles, uh, matches and non-title feuds, but if everybody's kind of sick, and here's the thing, it's not as if you get corona and then you're gone for one taping or one episode. It could have lasting effects. You have to be quarantined. So it's not even really the two weeks. As a talent, they might be gone for three weeks to a month. And so what, right? What does that do? What does that do for your storylines? What does that do for the health of the performers? Because we talked about it in football. It's only a matter of time that you know, the, these wrestlers who have been doing it excessively might hurt themselves. So I'm questioning on that. Yes, I see the Jimmy Uso background. We're going to talk about that in a second for sure. But that's my thought process on AEW. Um, it's a slow burn as what happens every time you have the pay-per-views happened. Uh, so they're going to build into it, and we'll see what the storylines are there. I don't know what you're doing with Jericho. I really wish you had a little bit more of an idea, but it's kind of tough. Match the highlight for Dynamite for last week, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, put together last minute was pretty good. Moxley wins by choking out Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, big ups to you, man. I love your whole mentality and I like the fact that you're with AEW and getting the spotlight that you originally deserve. Indie guy was on Impact, was the manager for LAX, which also has Santana Ortiz over there in AEW now. Um, you gotta get going when the going's good, right? So, big news. That's my typical other stuff wrestling. Class of Champions was this weekend, gentlemen. Pay-per-view had a very... It, on paper, it looked like a good card, but, you know, Vince has a tendency of screwing up. Plus, there was some uh, matches that they had to take off because there were some people are sick, as Vince says it. At least AEW has the testicular fortitude, as Mick Foley would say, to acknowledge coronavirus and say that there's corona. Vince will just have guys... Dis- like, Bobby Roode came back from Raw last night. He was like, I've been sitting on my couch for seven months. He looks at Bobby, you gotta get back in shape, bud. I don't know what happened. You look good, but you don't look like Bobby. Maybe it's because I haven't seen you in a long time. But, you know, at least acknowledge it as a humanity because we understand escapism, but don't insult my intelligence. It's not even insulting my intelligence. Don't insult my sensibilities. Um, but Clash of Champions, pay view, they had to reshuffle some things. The women's tag team titles were not defended, and then a few other things were going from there. But Clash of Champions is ideally a, it's a pay-per-view where all championships are defended. Well, all championships and titles usually are defended on pay-per-views, except for the recent trend. But regardless, Shinsuke Cesaro versus Lucha House Party, decent match, pre-show, probably should have been a pre-show. The ladder match, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, I absolutely loved it. The long building storyline was Sami Zayn 
had to relinquish his Intercontinental Championship that he won prior to WrestleMania, that he'd successfully defended WrestleMania, and had to relinquish it because of the Rona. JJ Styles won it in the tournament, and then Jeff Hardy beat him, so they kept that feud going around. And this reminds me of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon when they were unifying the Intercontinental title because they had a very similar storyline. No COVID concerns there. And it ended in a ladder match. So it's a good homage. It's a triple threat. You had three excellent talents that came into it. And you had some crazy sons. Jeff Hardy, Team Extreme, still doing it. Basically wants to die for me by doing these stunts where he's doing swanton bombs off of ladders onto the table. And Jeff, me being a pleaser and people person, I'm willing for you to do that as I'm entertained. Because he's not always my cup of tea, but damn it, man. You got me going. I was appreciative of it. But Sami Zayn won the title, guys, and I loved it. What did Sami Zayn do? The great liberator, the man who's underrated. I'm glad that he's getting back in traction with his storyline. He brought two handcuffs out, handcuffed a mini ladder to Jeff Hardy's earlobe, because he had a gauge and there was a hole there. So he literally handcuffed it. It was the craziest thing I could have seen because I'm like, oh, man, he's not coming in. And then he handcuffs himself to AJ Styles. So if AJ was to climb the ladder, Sammy would weigh him down. And it ends with goofy-ass Jeff Hardy coming in and hitting AJ and Sammy with his earlobe-connected uh, ladder wow. to them. And then as AJ's trying to fend off getting hit by it, Sammy brings out the keys uncuffs himself from AJ and then gets the title belt. I loved it. it is, it's not even schmoozy. It's just it, it's just wrestling's not sometimes just a physical component. It is a intelligence base. You can have this whole idea that your wrestler could be smarter than the average bear, especially if he knows the surroundings. I adored it. I love that match. It was almost match of the night. Let me get to the match tonight, but let me talk about a few other uh, things there. Oscar for this is Zelina Vega. It was okay. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. Okay, Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade. It botched because uh, Angel Garza hurt his calf um, in the match. or might have hurt his hip. They haven't gone the MRI yet, but Street Profits retained. Kind of ready for them to lose the title. Uh, Bailey was supposed to go against Nikki Cross. Nikki is not clear to compete, which means probably Rona. So Oscar came in, but... It ended in disqualification, so Sasha Banks is back. She's been getting the hell beat out of her by Bailey. It's been a compelling storyline, and it might actually be the main event for Hell in a Cell in October. And if they do it, I think it's the right move. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton and Ambulance match. I like the match. I like the ending um, to a degree. I don't think it made Drew look strong. Why? Because Randy's whole thing is he's been... He paid for his sins, basically, because Big Show came out and interfered. Shawn Michaels came out, Sweet Chin music him. Christian came out and beat up Randy a little bit. All throughout the duration it took for uh, Drew McIntyre to put Randy into the ambulance match and wave him off. Here's the thing. If he needed, th and Ric Flair was driving him off the ambulance, this is great. If he needed three legends to help out Drew McIntyre retain a title, does that make Drew look strong? No. Were they purposely helping Drew retain? No. It's not like they were in a faction. It was just, we want to get in on Randy. But it hurts a little bit in the purpose of the storyline. How are you supposed to be this big badass if you got to have the big show interfering, Christian interfering, um, Shawn Michaels interfering? So it's a stop-start push. It's going to end soon. I think they're going to meet hell, so I think Randy retains. I don't see the purpose of that. Drew's got to lose. It's okay. Nobody gets to hold the title forever unless you're CM Punk who whines about it, but no one gets to hold the title forever. But the match of the night, gentlemen... I love me storytelling. It's beautiful. And storytelling could be in the moveset and the injuries that you're hitting on, or storytelling could just be the emotion and the rawness. And that match of night was 
the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, going against his cousin, Jey Uso. Gentlemen, the promos have been fire. Muy fuego! I should <laughs> send you that promos. I think I've already sent you one, but Roman's heel turn has been Mwah! chef's kiss. It's like drinking cheer wine when your favorite team has won the Stanley Cup. It is that damn good. Throughout the match, Roman's trash talking was just del- delicious. He was like, you trying to get on this level? I've been on this level my whole life. I'm like, ooh, I felt that, man. I felt that. I f- I'm texting my buddy. You know, He's my paralegal. I'm like, hey, man, because have, I have wrestling nicknames for everybody. Oh, you call me the tribal chief. I was like, shut the hell up, Charles. But you know, it, it, he's, the, he's the one, the only original DC. Are you seeing this video? Um, I'm watching it right. I was at the uh, the Muay Thai guy. That's exactly what it kind of felt like, right? So part of the best storytelling in wrestling is the underdog component. And part of the great storytelling of the underdog is making the heel feel like that nothing's going to hurt him. So they kind of play that into it. And then Jay got a little hot. Jay was getting some near falls. It's because Roman is so good now at making of kicking out at the 2.98 when he's about to hit the mat. Because I got, I got enthralled. I got captivated. I got brought in, guys. Because there was a moment that I thought Jay had it. I popped a little bit. And then Roman's just beating the holy hell out of him. And there's a point where Jay hit the Uso splash on him. He's going for the pin, and Roman kicks out. But he kicks out with his left arm that is between um, Jay's legs and is also a low blow. So it's the idea that it's a low blow, so you're cheating, and you kicked out of it, so you had to go to Dirty Taxis on your family, on your family, right? Hmm. Is just this. He, he feared him. He's like, acknowledge me, acknowledge me, keep acknowledging me, and he went to it. And then what happens? Jimmy Swinburne comes out, and he's like, he wants to throw in the towel. He's like, don't do it. And he's like, acknowledge me, and he's like, all right, you're the Jimmy. His brother's like, you're the chief, the chief. And Jay's like, don't do it, man. He's a punk. Don't There's do it. Don't throw it in the towel. You know he can't win. Period. He's getting that like, you know, custard last stand kind of sensation. You know, John Marston, Red Dead Redemption kind of sensation. He's like, I'll go down that, but Roman refuses to pin him, but he'll keep beat him because his whole thing is you're gonna earn that payday, you can get that ass whooping I'm gonna give you, and you're gonna acknowledge me as your chief. And the trash talking was just beautiful because as a technical match, as a match the, the wrestling was average, but I was so enthralled and that little lay, the little the flowers on his thing, I loved it because now he's a tribal chief. I'm like uh, Whew, whew, it was so good. <laughs> it's the match that you show people, because I can give you a match of pure hard-hitting. It's the match I can give you that is pure technical wrestling, Daniel Bryan versus anybody, really, Samoa Joe. And then you get the matches that's just storytelling and emotion, and it's that match. And it reminds me of Bret Hart versus uh, Owen Hart. I mentioned that in the last show. Where, like If they do this right, it feels that kind of way. Um, oh, BU says the NHA audio is playing over me. Sorry, yeah, yeah, buddy. something happened. I'm lowering it completely now. I, I mean, it's okay. I was just kind of, you know, wet dreaming about wrestling. My, my, that's my late night podcast segment, gentlemen. Um, but I loved it personally. I thought it was good. It was a great match. The pay per view was good, and I'm excited what they do with Roman from here. Are you going to continue with the Fiend, or are you going to give Jay one last stand against his cousin? Because I'm invested for for another month, only one more month, and then we'll redo it. But that's that's what I got for you guys this week in the cage. Alrighty then. I think we covered pretty much everything. So I don't have anything more to say. Thanks, BU and Freddie, for joining us. Uh, Andrew, are you still alive? Are you back there? I don't even know anymore. He might have gone. He disappeared. All he's right. Still on, he's still drunk on that cheer wine. Yeah, he's, uh, he's probably buying a lightning jersey at the moment. Well, either way, 
I'm signing off, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, the Marlins, Rays, and Yankees all make it to the next round. Hopefully. All right. Adios. Yankees up eight two. Bye-bye. Take care. And he adds another.